This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The realest podcast ever. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. They used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. The realest podcast ever. You can never, man, you ain't as clever. Ain't as real. This right here, that great, they love the chat. And man, how real is that? Only family matters. What up, what up? We back. Realest podcast ever. It's your boy C. Diddy. That makes me sick. I'm going to start introducing myself properly. But y'all still know what the fuck <laughs> going on. Right? In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. You do know. You do know what the fuck is going on. You're going to figure it out in a hurry. Uh, Realist Podcast Ever, we back, man. Um, here on a Monday. Uh, we'll try to get this show out on the Monday, but ain't no promises. Yeah, man, shit be happening. <laughs> shit be happening, you know what I'm saying? Life stuff going on. Uh, Dan is on assignment in, um, in Atlanta right now, which... Yeah. who knows what county he's actually in, yeah, exactly. but he's on assignment. Stay out of Fulton County, Dan, yeah. if you can hear this. Yeah. If, if you can hear the sound of my voice, stay out of Fulton County. It's going down out there, uh... And, uh, yeah, he's on assignment, probably looking for hookers and alcohol. Uh, you know, God bless him and Gunna, whoever else is uh, with them on this mission. Oh, yeah, if he's with Gunna, it's not a problem. <laughs> it's, pro- it's problematic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got a lot going on today, um, a lot to talk about, a lot of content, a lot of news. Before uh, we get into the content. We got to get to the to, to, to the administrative. To, to the admin, you know what I mean? That. The administraciones. Uh, real quick, we're going to start with an announcement. Um, we... Oh, yeah, we do have an announcement. We tethered the announcement on Patreon last week, but we didn't say who and all of the details. The contract is done. It's done. Chad forged my signature. That's that's <laughs> a fact. It's all done. Uh, the contract's done. The invoice is sent. Everything's been ratified. I have it in my files on my iPhone. Sixth anniversary celebration, event, live show, big six, all of that. Mm-hmm. The Realest Podcast Ever is sponsored by none other than 14th and Market. Let's hear it for the people over there at 14th and Market. Shout out to Jay Petty. Shout out Jay Petty. Shout out, shout out Jen Money. Um, the you know, the power structure over there at 14th and Market. For those who don't know, 14th and Market is a creative suite um, offering pretty much all services in and around uh marketing, uh digital uh production, video production. Uh, podcast production, uh, sponsorships, um, finding shared values amongst uh, end users and companies and creating the um, ad space and the the ad copy and things like that that go out into the world and get designed. They've already worked with Converse, with HBO Max, um, uh, Budweiser, a myriad of different Mm -hmm. companies. Um, And... They are a black-owned company. They have a very uh, pro-black ethos, and their thing is empowering black creators. And with that in mind, they see, saw and see the vision of 
what TRP is, what it represents going into our sixth year, mm-hmm. uh, what we're trying to accomplish with this event, which is to have the, not one of, the best live podcast event you have ever seen in your fucking life. Absolutely. And with that in mind, they said we feel it's our duty to get involved in this um, and to, you know, come on board as your big, big sponsor um, and advocate for you guys all of the way through this. So you're going to see a lot of different creative things throughout this rollout uh, with TRPE and 14th and Market. You're going to see billboards. You're going to see IG ads. You're going to see stuff like um, actual installs and things like that mm-hmm. at the event itself. Yep. Um, you're going to see shit that, like, you don't normally see when it comes to any live podcast, but especially TRP, mm-hmm. um, we stepped up the production for this uh, because we had so much time and just so much advance notice to do this. We've been able to pretty much do anything and everything that we want, and we're only on week three of right, this. Right. Like this is the literally the beginning of week three, and we're already uh, roughly about two hundred tickets sold out of five fifty. Uh, the reserve tickets, um, the VIP tickets are oversold at this mm-hmm. point. The reserve uh, seating is probably about four tickets left. I think I, I, see saw. Pe- I saw people the other day, like a couple people was like, oh, I want them last two VIPs. And I'm, I'm like, like no, what no, are no, y'all no. reading? You know, it's, it's oversold. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it says it's 100 VIPs, it's, it's 108 eight sold. sold. Yeah. Yes, because we had to accommodate sponsors and things like that. Um, and, you know, I've gotten no less than three phone calls of various people, you know, successful in the city that's all like, yeah, I know I'm on some nut shit, but like I need to, I need the VIP tickets, and I'm like, yo, it's nothing I can do for you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, my whole thing was, um, and we took a three pronged approach to this show, and we announced it, uh, you know, we pronounced it before we announced it, and we basically told y'all, hey, we're doing a three pronged ticket. We're going to accommodate people at every price point. If you want to come fuck with us, come to the event, have a good time. You can do so at a myriad of different levels. Um, and, you know, we can basically accommodate any and everybody that wants to be at the show. At whatever price point you want to attend, you can attend. It ain't a bad seat in the house. It's no though. And, you know, those first, you know, 100 VIP tickets got gobbled the hell up. And then now we're on the uh, precipice of the reserve seating uh, going pretty much in the next few hours or whatever. Uh, those will be going at least by the weekend. Um, and then after that, it's pretty much all GA. Um, at this point, you know, we've already locked in substantial sponsorships. Like I said, 14th and Market is our presenting line, along with uh, Hennessy being like our backline um, sponsor. Shout out DJ Boogie, entire team Hennessy, for coming on board with the event for that. They're going to be providing a lot of support as far as in-event stuff and things mm-hmm. like that. Subsidized drink menu, drinks, uh, drink specials, um, free drinks for the VIPs, mm-hmm. um, our section, their section. Like, again, installs, like, stuff. Stuff (laughs) um, around the event um, as far as helping us execute and everything like that. Um, uh, Then you got uh, L&W Interior Concepts that came on board as another big dog sponsor. Mm -hmm. Um, You got uh, Sandbox Network that's already confirmed. You got Lane's Carpet Cleaning that's already confirmed. You got One Fan Radio that's already confirmed. So it's like at this point, we basically made the decision, hey, on a sponsorship level, if you guys want to get involved in this, we got to wrap this thing up. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, so with you gotta you basically gotta give me until like next Wednesday to have everything wrapped up. You know your letter of intent, your payment, and everything's gotta be done by next Wednesday because come December first, we're going to the moon. We're mm-hmm. going full steam ahead with this marketing blitz and this blast. And um, 
everything is uh, going to be live show, live show, live show, in support of the live show going forward to and through the end of the year. We got the TRP Awards coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got like our year kickoff. We always do a real dope year kickoff show too. And then anything in and around the podcast, we also got that going on, um, you know, coming up too on this kind of like road to the anniversary show. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much everything for right now. But, yes, absolutely. Shout out to 14th and Market. Uh, make sure y'all go to all social media. Follow them. Uh, 14, the number 14, T-H and Market. Everything spelled correctly. Number 14th, number 14, and Market. Mm-hmm. Make sure y'all follow them. Uh, make sure y'all go to the website. Uh, tap in. See what they got going on, man. And familiarize yourself with uh, the brand and everything that is uh you know, 14th and market, man. Again, they work with the Sixers, Converse, HBO, Sony, ATV, uh, function, uh, worldwide. They just recently sponsored an event in, uh, Brooklyn, New York, the one club creativities, where are all the black people diversity conference? Like these are the things that they're doing in and around the culture and entrenching themselves with people, with business, with industry and things like that. And sharing their large resources from a different pool of all these different creatives that came together to, uh, under this one hub to start this company, man. And Absolutely. They are a beast. They produced all of our short clips that we put out with Jay mm-hmm. Petty. They produced all of those, even though our video was grainy. Shout out, Dan. Yeah. Uh, they produced some excellent clips from that that have circulated and, you know, touched the internet and hit, you know, various places and things like that. So they're doing amazing work, and they're actually going to be coming involved and being shooting, like, the red carpet and the behind the scenes and all of that stuff, too, and event photos and all of that. So it's like we got – a full support of uh, 14th and Market. I'm trying to get one of these sponsors to get that big light. Like the spotlight? Like, I want that light to be out front to go up to the sky. Oh, that joke. Yeah, I want want one of those. And honestly, I don't think I I want a T-shirt gun. I think I want the Gatling gun. Of? The T-shirt Gatling gun. Oh, the T-shirt Gatling gun? Yeah. Yo, them T-shirt guns are expensive as shit. No, you can rent them, though. Oh, you can rent them? Yeah, I was looking at renting the gun, but I'm just like, I think I want the Gatling gun, like the big jump. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know I could knock Kev down with one of them. Right in the chest. Real quick. Catch this shit, Justin Jefferson. But yeah, man, definitely go to trpe6.eventbrite.com. Get your tickets. We'll see y'all there for that. Also, Patreon. Shout out to all the new subscribers on Patreon. A lot of new subscribers Whole on Patreon. A whole lot of new subscribers. Um, the formula is working. The formula is working. Um, I got asked this question the other day. It was like, yo, y'all always post the link for Patreon. And it's like, do I got to go to the website to listen? It's like, no, Patreon has an app. Yeah. You just download the, the app and then you go. It's yeah. the same way you have a podcast app. You have a Patreon app. It's Absolutely. the same exact joint. Yep. So go download the Patreon app. You go on there, search official TRPE, or go to patreon.com slash official TRPE to send you through all the prompts. Sign up. Get on. I've been getting so many messages. Yeah, I sent you and Rob a message I got the other day. Like, I'm getting, like, testimonials yeah. in, in my DM. That's something else we want to start um, in the next week or so. We're trying to gather all the past testimonials. So if you have a testimonial, something that you can ascribe that TRP helped you with, did for you, set you straight on, gave you motivation for, whatever, send us your testimonials to the email, officialtrpe at gmail.com. 
Um, or you can send them via DM. That's cool, too. Yeah, because too. y'all don't know how to work email. <clears throat> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's like a 10-year-ago yeah. thing yeah, at this point. Yeah, email only. It only came out in 1994. <laughs> it you know just I mean? dropped. Yeah. Some of y'all don't know life without email and still can't work it. Uh, but send us your testimonials. We want to do Testimonial Tuesday where we're sharing these stories and it's testimonial um, on our social media and stuff like that and Patreon and everything and showing the power of what we've done, man, and... Um, and the power that y'all have given us in helping us create this community and everything that we have together. Cause it really is a, a nation and we trying to turn into a universe. Yeah, that's real. Whole lot of universes going on out here. Without a doubt, man. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to everybody involved in the live show, all the sponsors. We got some more ad spots. We're going to be running in a little bit. Uh, but I just want to get right with the show. Oh, you want to get to the show? I want to get right to the shit. Okay. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Yo, is a genius. Yo, real quick, real quick. Did you actually watch the SNL? I watched the whole thing, but beginning to end. Okay. Did you see the news? Yes. When they do the news? <laughs> Yo. Did Michael Chi and, uh, is it Che or Chi? I always fuck it up. I think it's Che. Che. Chi. Maybe. Chai. Chai. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Him and the white boy. That chemistry is off the charts. No, no. The motherfucker straight said... The primary, they was talking about the uh, election or whatever. He was yeah. like, yeah, you know, the, the mid-primaries are over. And uh, Herschel Walker now has to go to a runoff with the guy he's running against yeah, in Georgia. Ralph, Ralph Warnock. Ralph Warnock, he said. But we still are waiting to see what actually happens in the runoff. Herschel Walker did offer him $500 and say, just handle it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And it made me like go down the rabbit hole and yeah. doing that eat that weekly news shit. Dog, did you see the joint when they wrote Jones for each other that they had to say? Yes. Dog, it was so fucking funny. The one more, he uh he was like Babe Ruth's uh bat sold for auction this week for three hundred thousand dollars. This was the bat that Babe Ruth used during the season when he hit his historic seven hundredth home run. It was also the primary bat he used in keeping his neighborhood all white. <laughs> Watching that shit, the, fuck is the babe, yo, yo, Saturday night, like they, you have you noticed Saturday Night Live has dropped their censorship? Oh, it's all the way down, bitch, nigga. All that shit flies now on SNL. Yeah, they're like, what time we on? What time is it? Yo, it's eleven. <laughs> yeah, let's let's run it, dog. Let's run it. Cause Dave Chappelle got up the other day and he was just ripping off a lot of shit. And yeah, he was dropping the N word like uh, left and right, like uh, that pastor, the cussing pastor. Yeah, he was dropping the N word <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> Cousin Pastor, shout out to him. How did you feel watching the the Dave Chappelle monologue? I thought it was fantastic. I, I just I th- I personally don't even look at Dave Chappelle as a comedian. It's at a this cultural point. critic. I, I think he's he's the greatest orator of of our lives. Yeah. I, there's no one who can just get on a mic and just talk. Yeah. It, it don't even be comedy shows no more. It's literally like. That it, and, it, and it's crazy. That's the shit I would want to do. Yeah. I don't want to get up there and knock, knock or punchline. You're like, I want to like that shit is inspirational to watch a motherfucker. Just I'm a talk and yep. y'all going to feel this shit. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a perspective. I have insight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a way of thinking that is counter to 
what anybody else in the mainstream is at least saying. Even if they even if they have the some of the same thoughts I have, they don't express it or get it out the same way that I do. So that whenever I say something, the world stops mm-hmm. and listens. And I think uh, his monologue already has like on a clip on YouTube is already like seven million views or whatever like that in two days. And um, Dave just gets it, mm-hmm. and he knows how to. Uh, Kind of, I think I, I think the phrase I want to use is kind of like he 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 hides the punch, dog. It's exactly he hides the punch. It's masterful. better than anybody. It's masterful. Where it's like what you think he's saying is not no. what he's saying. He said he said Kanye was on a podcast and Kanye said I don't wear chains. Only millionaires wear chains. I'm a billionaire. Billionaires don't wear their jewelry on their body. And he was like, God damn, I took my chain. chain And then later on in the monologue, he was like, I always said, he's like, go back to my Netflix special, my first one. I said, I don't want a sneaker because if I get a sneaker and I say something that these people don't like, they'll take my sneaker from me. Now look at Kanye walking around barefoot in L.A. with his chain on. (laughs) (laughs) And his little subtle shit like that that he just gets and understands is just better than most people. Um... He said that Kanye got in so much shit, Kyrie got in trouble. Yes, that was And hilarious. that was like low-key. What did you think was the funniest John he said? <sighs> the funniest John that he said. Uh, I was more so kind of stuck on like the poignant stuff that he was Yo. saying, more so than like the funny stuff. When he talked about the war between Ukraine and Russia. Oh, my goodness. That nigga straight said that you... The people of the Western world need to be thankful that Ukraine was willing to fight as hard as they were. Ukraine killed 10,000 Russians before we even sent them weapons. They rigged the whole country like Home Alone. He said (laughs) Russians was touching hot doorknobs and stepping on (laughs) rakes. Like what? (laughs) Stepping on rakes. Dave Chappelle is just, he, he's, he's brilliant. It's just, it's masterful to watch it. It's a master class at taking you through the different emotions yeah. and how to hit you with it. Like you said, the poignant stuff where it's yeah. like, I'm going to say this and this might, he had a lot of Jones. I had to watch it like three, four times. Like those, those slow cookers yeah. that you don't get. At- you know, the best slow cooker he had Which when one? he was like, uh, he was like, uh, he was like, he's like, he's like, like Adidas dropped that nigga immediately. Mm-hmm. He was like, they're founded by, by, by uh German Nazis. Mm-hmm. He was like, uh, he was like, I guess the master, uh, the student has surpassed the student has surpassed the master. master. Yeah, and it got quiet. I was like, I was waiting for him to say it. Like, that's a slow cooker. You'll probably, <laughs> you'll probably get yeah, later. The student surpassed the master. Yeah, it, it it was it was beautiful to watch. And like always, you got people who are offended. Yes, my problem with the offense in this is you got black people, and then you got the anti defamation people. Y'all can't both be mad yeah, at we it. both upset. It doesn't work like that. Well, somebody got to stand down. Somebody got to make their decision on like, oh, no, he was talking about y'all. Like yeah. somebody, <laughs> y'all got to have a meeting yeah. and, t- and talk about the fact that like, oh, no, he wasn't talking about us. He was talking about y'all. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. Somebody got to stand down. He said on it was like when Kanye trips off, I'm normally right there for him. He's like, this time I said, let me, let me, let me see what's going on. Yeah, let, me, let me wait this out. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me take a little second, get to the bottom of this. The uh the CEO of the anti-defamation uh what the fuck is his name? I don't know. Yeah, wanna... he he uh, you know, he he got everybody number on speed dial at this point. Like he he on the internet every week. He on the internet more than Mattress Mac at this point. 
<laughs> Mattress Mac. Uh, Jonathan Greenblatt. Okay. Yeah, he he came out and basically was uh, That's a really ethnic name. Say it again. That's a really ethnic name. I mean, <laughs> he uh basically came out and he basically said uh, damn, I just had it. Where did it go? Oh, and Chappelle's funniest bit was the two words you can't say in su- uh, in succession. Is the and Jews. The and Jews. I've never, I've never seen, seen anybody any, yeah. come out good on the other side of it. That was the funniest joke. Like, I just. <sighs> I don't see how stand-up comedy in that form is around in the next five years. No. They've been actively trying to cancel him since he came back on a large scale. Mm-hmm. Like soon as he took his soon as his shows start getting broadcast and it went to Netflix as opposed to I'm just doing all these shows in Radio City Music Hall and in the park with a karaoke machine and shit like that. Oh, that's a callback, ladies and gentlemen. Um <laughs> Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And things like that. Once his shit start, like he's really start monetizing his content and getting big bucks for it. He's offended somebody every single step of the way or whatever the case may be. And it's like, because of that, you would think that we would all collectively as a society stand down because he's an equal, and I've said this before on the show, he's an equal opportunity offender. He has something to say or thoughts to say on everybody, on black people, on LGBT, on the Jewish community. Like, I made this point a few weeks ago that, Dave was basically like, yeah, everybody on one of his specials was like, yo, everybody thinks I have a, uh, I have a problem with the LGBT. I think it was on the closer LGBT yeah. community. Actually, my real enemy is the Jews. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth. And he just let that sizzle and just went on to something else. But it's just but like J- Jonathan Greenblatt said, we shouldn't expect Dave Chappelle to serve as society's moral compass, but disturbing to see the Saturday Night Live not just normalize but popularize anti-Semitism. Why are Jewish sensitives denied? Sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn. What does our trauma trigger? Why does our trauma trigger an applause? And it's like Dave Chappelle said it on there. He was like, I've been to Hollywood. You know, I, this is what I saw. I'm not saying it, but I've seen this. It's a lot of Jews. Like a lot, a lot of Jews. He said, but that doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri. It doesn't mean they run the place. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, when you see that, it's not crazy to think the percep- sometimes perception is reality and sometimes the perception is wrong right because a lot of times as people we just look at the end result and we talk about that a lot on the show sometimes as people we have this thing of just looking at shit at the end result of like hey all these people in at these different corporations and stuff just so happen to be jewish or whatever like that so you feel like it's it's a control mechanism or something in place that um like some secret society shit that they're privy to that we're not, which is how they got into these leadership positions and these equity positions or whatever the case may be. Not necessarily looking at all the hard work and the fact that the Jewish community established Hollywood. They created it. 
They built this shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you would think that like they're going to have some equity and some say on what the fuck goes on and how people are represented and things like that. Like that's just would be just natural. But nobody's looking at that because there's a general, and I think Kev said is there's a general curiosity from black people about how and why Jewish people just so happen to be in the same places and spaces where black people survive and thrive. It seems suspicious. Mm -hmm. Seems. But it's like if you peel the layer back, if you peel it back and then you understand the history of various industry and stuff like that where they they you know create they were leaders of industry and created this shit it's like yeah that's how you get it to where later on down the line there's a lot of this nepotism and things like that or communal nepotism where people of the same faith continue to maintain that control over time because they don't believe in relinquishing their ownership they believe in we establish something, we build it, we hold on to it. Like right. we, they don't believe in uh, in relinquishing their ownership or selling out to someone else that's not one of them, because they practice group economics. Right. So it's like so we do scale this and sell it. We sell it to one of our people, not somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that's how that control continues to stay in place. Mm-hmm. It's intentional. So I don't think anybody's really looking at the intentionality of like we created it, we found we. We founded the industry, we scaled it, and then we held on to it. And any verticals that came as a result of it, this is a friend, this is a cousin, this is a, this is like... The reality is we just need a lot more Tyler Perry's. Yes. Where that's what happened. You're going to have to go and build your own... Build your own shit? It's just what it is. And Tyler Perry has built his shit so much to the fact that, like, when he come in the door, if you call Tyler Perry, it's like, yeah, I need syndication from the door, I need 100 episodes, I need full creative control, I'm going write, produce, direct and edit the whole shit, mm-hmm. and I need guaranteed syndication. Non-negotiable. And it's like, you want to do it or you don't. So now, so much so, he's the he has the most programming at TNT, yeah. TBS, B-H-F-B. and BET+. Plus. He's the number one boss. You got to talk to Tyler Perry at BET+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Period. You want to show Greenlit? Talk to Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And it's somebody right under him that's like, Oh, you don't, uh, yeah, Tyler, not interested. All right, cool, you can talk to this person. But you got to talk to Tyler Perry first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you said, we need more Tyler Perrys. Like LeBron is trying to establish himself, LeBron and Mav trying to establish their own Tyler Perry Studios with Spring Hill. So much so that they divested some of their ownership to bring on other power players and people that can help this thing grow the way that it needs to. And then now they're fucking doing media that's cutting through that people actually resonate with and hold on to. And they're starting to do callbacks and pull familiar content and repurpose it. Like they're doing, they're redoing the house party movie with Mm -hmm. Jacob Lattimore and some other kid or whatever, or basically kid and play, whatever in the movie, the the, the, the preview and all of that shit. And it looks dope. It looks basically he's a cleaner and he cleans LeBron crib. They find out it's LeBron house or whatever. And they decide to throw a party and all the the fucking hologram in the bathroom. That's Mm -hmm. funny as shit. It sucks. I got to give LeBron y'all weird again. You know what I'm saying? Two weeks in a row. Congrats, Brian. Yeah, it sucks. But LeBron came out there the other day and tweeted in defense of Kyrie now. And it had everybody like, hmm? Yeah, what's going on here? Because you kind of tossed Kyrie under the bus in your initial statement. And backed the, backed the bus up and did donuts on the nigga. Yeah. And then he came out this week like, 
oh, you know, this is ridiculous what they putting Kyrie through. You know, I'm not cool with this. And da, da, da. and people are like, where was this from the jump? Yeah. And it's like, why did this have to happen after Jay Will, after Stephen A. Smith, after Shannon Sharp? It's like, you're the face. Like, and it's, it's like you and Kev was talking about, it's almost like people are standing around waiting for like their, their, yeah, waiting for big homie to yeah. tell them what's what's Oh no, next. y'all can y'all can y'all can move on this. Yeah. Oh, all right, bet. Oh, you know, actually the tide is turning on this. We want to get on the other side. Now. Right. It's like right. that sort of thing, whatever. But with people like LeBron and Charles Barkley and Shaq didn't understand or either didn't understand or didn't care at the time, is that you being so pronounced in your willingness to throw this black man under the bus for trying to find himself, for seeking knowledge, for sharing something that he probably shouldn't have shared for not being as informed as he probably should have been, but being curious, y'all threw him under the bus. What it does is it gives Joe Sy, it gives Adam Silver, it gives people in positions of power to say, of course he's a fucking idiot. Charles Barkley said it. Of course he's a fucking idiot. Shaq said it. Of course his comments was harmful. LeBron said it. Y'all are imploring Massa to come around and fucking put his foot on the on the collective neck of Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And that's what y'all fucking either didn't, were too dumb to understand or didn't care enough in the moment because y'all were so much riding with the groupthink and the mob mentality of this nigga's on some bullshit and we need to cast this nigga away. And it's like, no, there was a lot of nuance to what he was saying, especially when he did the long-form interview with the media where he talked about my ancestors and this and this and this. That nigga ain't crazy. No. At all. And my thing was, okay, even if you don't like what he did under the guise of, yo, you work for this organization who's a part of this organization. Mm -hmm. Cool. I get it. Rules are rules in the workplace. But when the list came out of the things he had to do to get back on the court, that was just like, all right, yo. Because that shit straight was like, the part that tripped me out the most was the apologizing. It was almost like, you got to apologize right. Yeah. That that and t- you gotta apologize how we say that's apologize. That's how it felt. It's like you can't tell me how I'm going to apologize. It's like Dan said, because at that point, what the fuck? You almost just want to show I got the power over yeah. this to be like, yeah, look what I made him like it, and that's not cool. Yeah, it's like a you think you in control, but you ain't. Right. right. You think you can think what you want, but you can't. You think you can say what you want, but you won't. And you right. know who's loving all of this while all of this shit is going on? Ronald Dawson. Because he's the one who put out the damn documentary. He's the one that people are going to. This is, ex, ex, this is expensive. This shit is 50 bucks. On it went Amazon. from $11 to $50. Dog, it's $49.99 now. And, you know, these. Because he ain't got but 14 copies. No, nah, this is some expensive <laughs> hatred. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. You're going to pay for this hatred. Yeah, it's some expensive <laughs> hatred. And he's sitting back loving all of this shit. Because mm-hmm. all, all y'all are doing is getting this shit more views, more buys, more everything. Yep. Dave called that shit Hebrews the Negroes. <laughs> Said it had some innocuous title. Yeah, Hebrews <laughs> the Negroes. Also, LeBron, y'all weird. Him going out of his way to lie about the Migos was just so. It was just like, bro, yo, man. Like, LeBron came dressed as takeoff. Did a takeoff too. cosplay. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even a takeoff cosplay because if I have to think of takeoff 
I don't any, think of him in that. Or any Migo. Yeah. I don't think of them in a black suit with I a thought, white I thought you were doing Reservoir Dogs. I thought you were doing Men in Black <laughs> with a chain on. <laughs> I didn't think Takeoff. So we just collectively thought two totally different things. Like, it, we didn't think Takeoff. <laughs> so, okay, you do that. But for you to get on the mic and be like, yeah, when I first got to Miami, I was putting everybody on and the Migos to any know who they was. And it's like, you came to Miami in 10 Migos didn't take off till 13. You was damn near back in Cleveland yeah, already. Takeoff take was a high school sophomore. Like, this this, <laughs> this didn't happen. This is a dumb lie. Like, this didn't happen. It's going so far that there's a thread going around now. Have you seen of it? LeBron lies? Le, Le, uh, it's, it's called, this is a thread of times LeBron has just literally lied for no reason at all. <laughs> yeah. The nigga asked him, he was like, yo, what's your greatest quote from the Godfather? Oh, man. Godfather. Uh, so many. Man, that's my favorite. Because he was like, Godfather's my favorite movie. What's your favorite quote? Oh, man, it's just so many. I mean, you pick one and I'm going to ride with you. <laughs> I'm like, run full of shit. The greatest was him flipping the book. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, uh, main thing I can say, man, you know, uh, very, very smart man, very smart man, very yeah, intelligent man. And every time that he, he takes a picture with the, whatever book his him on the first page and I'm like, yo, Ron really is funny as shit. I think I ain't making past the forward. No, just lying for no reason. And it's like, you had the tweet of the week. Bron is just like every other nigga in the big booty bitches and watches just like all, all he cares about. That's it. I just want to take dope vacations, look at some ass and wear cool watches. Yeah. And give <laughs> Like shit. every other nigga on earth. No, no. <laughs> but because of his position and his, his his ascension and being, you know, earmarked as the chosen one at 11, like he's got to pretend to care about shit that I know this nigga don't care about. No, no, no. I don't even want to talk about this. No. LeBron is not like this. It like it's the way I look at Jay and Nas. Like when you see Nas rap and you see songs like the unauthorized biography of Rakim and then you see Black Girl Lost and then you hear Nas talk about street legends and then when he does shit like Book of Rhymes and when he does One Love. and These are songs that I know Jay-Z just, he can't do. Yeah. It's just not him. He's not that person. But when I hear Jay do a Somebody's Girl is at this party, that's Jay. Cause I'm in the big booty bitches, <laughs> CL sixes, and hoes. Yeah, this is Jay. I can do this in three minutes. This I, is I easy. Do, I'm gonna do this in one take, bro. <laughs> easy. I've been waiting for y'all to ask me about somebody, bitch. Easy. Fucking a nigga, bitch. Today, nigga. <laughs> I just came. I just from came from fucking a nigga, bitch. Yeah, me and AI. <laughs> That's what we was doing. <laughs> AI was ready to kill that nigga. I know it. And all points bullets out Dog. on that nigga. AI got in his Hall of Fame speech. That nigga said, I want to shout out every rapper, man, that I love. Biggie, Jadakiss, DMX, motherfucking Beanie Siegel. He got to where he was named. He was like Nelly, Jaquan, Red The Brat. <laughs> Nigga named every rapper on the planet except for Jay Z, and I know for a fact when that shit came out, we talked about that shit the other day. I know Jay. I mean, AI had to be sitting there like, wait, what? Eating your frosted flakes with your family? With your family? <laughs> yeah, you know that new Jay just dropped. Oh yeah, cut that off. Yeah, me and the boy AI got more in common than just bowling and rhyming. Get, Get it? it? More, more in common. <laughs> cut that off. Cut that off. Cut that oh, off. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> No, I'm about to go to practice. <laughs> Tweaking on this dude. <laughs> you know, hey, I try to get out the house. Yeah, I'm going to practice. <laughs> I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, that's Jado and that that child that I look at them. I don't look at LeBron as like this crazy knowledge seeking, knowledge get. Like, it just, no. He no. a regular. If, I'm trying to be funny. 
LeBron is 6'9", 6'10". That 6'8 shit is, is bullshit. Yeah. He's 6'9", 6'10". 270 pounds of just muscle. He's a freight train. He's a freight train. He's a freak of nature. That nigga was jumping out the gym when he was in fucking eighth grade. It's a phenom. I'm keeping it a buck with you. If LeBron was 5'11 and a little overweight, he'd be at the warehouse. This <laughs> is what it is. He'd be at the Amazon warehouse. Seriously. Doing UPS drop-offs. This ain't no scholar. There's not no Bill Clinton Rhodes scholar. <laughs> no, there's none of that. So that that was just weird that he like does these things where he just tries to position himself in the lie all the time, like with a lie all the time. It's just crazy. Remember, he had the boy in the joint was like, "Oh yeah, that's my favorite quote." No, the fuck it isn't. I've never even heard that before. <laughs> no, the fuck it isn't. My before. favorite quote as of now. Yeah, right now, Jack. Shit is crazy, man. I, I hope Kyrie can get back on the court soon. Um, it's, you see, Jalen Brown. Um, they asked uh, Joe Sy. Uh, you know, they, they were on a road trip or whatever, and I guess Josiah was traveling with the team for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they was like, yeah, do we expect to see Kyrie back on the court soon? And he was like, he's got some more work to do. And Jalen Brown had retweeted it, retweeted it from the uh, from the reporter and was like, this is troubling on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's like at some point, it's like, hey, you have a players association and a union for a reason. Mm-hmm. Y'all have one of the strongest unions in America, let mm-hmm. alone professional sports. Mm-hmm. Put your foot in this man's ass and get Kyrie back on the goddamn court. My homie the other day, he 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 said he was like, "Yo, I didn't realize Jalen Brown was like as militant until you like mentioned it." And I'm like, "Yeah, Jalen Brown don't take that. He don't play no shit." Yeah, that's like a he's like a real deal. Like man, fuck these motherfuckers. Ain't he from Atlanta? Yeah, from Atlanta. Yeah, he from East Atlanta. He mm-hmm. uh, that's why Gucci was going all the Celtics games mm-hmm. and all that shit. Yeah. He's like Jalen's my young nigga, super A nigga. Yeah, yeah, and I think he went to Cal. Yeah, he went to with the cow? like NorCal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's smart. He's a smart motherfucker. And you know, he he you remember they was like, yo, Jalen Brown, man, how you feel about the uh the, the Celtic season, man? We all go wrestle motherfuckers and kill Brianna Tell. Like <laughs> he don't play around. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that, it's it's bullshit. It's just nonsense at this point. So to see the the whole flip in LeBron's statements over the last week was just bizarre. And I'm not gonna hold you. I'm personally sick of the whole anti-Semitic and I'm just, it's just, I watched a very good podcast last week. Um, it was Peter Rosenberg, I'm change who I despise. He's a very detestable character mm-hmm. from hot 97 and, um, Lord Jamar. He was on Lord Jamar's podcast and they were talking about, you know, the Kanye thing, the Kyrie thing, and just like anti-Semitism in general. And it was an excellent fucking like hour and 10 minute interview or whatever, but conversation rather wasn't really an interview. And, Peter Rosenberg was like, I dis-, he's like, as a Jewish man, I disagree with the overall sentiment of like anti-Semitism because really what we mean, like that's an all-encompassing term for people of the Middle Eastern region of mm-hmm. the world. But really what we mean is anti-Jewish. Mm-hmm. And we need to just say what the fuck it is and like stop playing word semantics with like the anti-Semitism thing because he, this is not him saying this is now me injecting my personal statement. Like when Trump was banning people from Syria and all of that shit, we weren't calling it anti-Semitism, How about it? which, which is what the fuck it was. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like when it's, when it's uh people of Muslim uh, descent and Arabic descent, we don't call discrimination against them. Anti-Semitism. We don't do it. Mm. So it's like, so why are we, but they're a part of that sphere right. of the world. But right. so it's like, so why is it when it's, 
anti-Jewish. It's not called anti-Jewish. It's this bigger banner or whatever to make it bigger than seem bigger than what it is. No, that's real shit. And this is coming from a Jewish person. He's just like, we just need to scrap the anti. It's, it's, it's dated like it doesn't apply because it's we're we're really speaking to directly issues that affect Jewish people. Right. And but like Dave Chappelle said on the thing, you know, the Holocaust was tragic. Like you said it, six million people, six million people. But you can't put that on black Americans. And it wasn't. And here's the thing. It wasn't just Jews. And did you peep Dave Chappelle was like, and according to Kyrie, it didn't, it didn't even, even happen. happen. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the other thing that's not highlighted, 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 highlighted about the Holocaust. It wasn't just Jewish people. Mm-hmm. It was black people. It was gays. It was anybody that didn't fit the the mold. It was uh it was cripples. It wasn't just it wasn't just that. It was anybody that didn't fit the mold of Hitler's perfect supreme being. Nazi regime. Nazi regime. regime. Mm -hmm. Anybody that didn't, he wanted to create a a superior race of super soldiers and super women and the most beautiful women in the world and the strongest, most virile men in the world or whatever. And he was trying to extinguish anybody that would pollute the gene pool. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just Jewish people, but they have a monopoly on the Holocaust because they were the most mm-hmm. of them. You know what I'm saying? And rightfully so. But it's like that part of it never gets talked about. Like, like those it's, other It's people. almost like the equivalent of like black slavers, I guess, where it's like slavery yes. was a travesty to black people. But it was like, yo, there were black people profiting off this Yeah, shit. black people that sold the people into slavery. There were white people who lost their lives in slavery as yes. a result. Like, and then there were black people that were already here. Black people of Native American descent, uh, Caribbean black people and things like that, that already existed here in the United States that were well-to-do people that owned slaves because it was the law of the land. What minute are we? 40 minutes. 40 now. minutes I in. Know. All right, so this, if this, we- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're putting this out tonight. Yeah, probably around 11 p.m. I'll probably get a text from BF. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm 39 minutes. Let me do set you <laughs> Yeah, but there were black people reportedly mm-hmm. that owned slaves here in America because mm-hmm. we were already here yeah. and established. And not all black people are poor. Not all Jewish people are rich. Not all white people are rich. Not all white. Like, so it's like there's a lot of tropes just in general right now being thrown around in the media. Um, and nobody's really trying to almost oh understand God. the other side's point or position. That weekend news, John, Michael Chi was like, um, this past week, Trump and Melania were at an Atlanta Braves baseball game and a video of them doing the Atlanta Braves tomahawk chop yeah. went viral. And Native American leaders were furious at him for doing that. Not because it was offensive to their culture or race, but they don't want to be associated with anyone who runs a casino so badly. (laughs) (laughs) The motherfuckers is great with that shit, man. (laughs) But, um, at the end of the day, 
I'm I'm sick. I'm 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 just burnt out from all Indeed. the anti this anti. It's just remember a couple years ago with the stop Asian hate shit when that mm-hmm. flew off the handle and then you know that got kind of got cold and now people are back punching Asians in the face for any little <laughs> fender bender. <laughs> like, <laughs> this shit is crazy. What's wrong with you pussy? You can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just like think about it. You, you, I've seen fights recently where somebody fighting somebody Asian. No one's talking about stop Asian hate or because that that's not what we on right. Yeah, now. it's not a hot button. No, we're on this now. Back on anti semitism again. Something that Peter Rosenberg during the course of this conversation said with Lord Jamar is that like Jewish people are generally fearful of the rhetoric around. Um, them having a, a disproportionate amount of control over industry, the economy, the government, having sway and stuff like that because that general propaganda is what started the Holocaust. Like, it started with, like, Hitler and his frustration of, like, I'm a dickhead, like, I got sent to jail, I'm just out here doing stupid shit and mm. stuff like this. I want to control the military. They told me to kick rocks. He eventually gets out of jail, fucking writes uh, Mein Kampf, which is my struggle. If you watch the joint about how Hitler, he basically took a job working for the the party that he was with initially. They sent him as a spy to, like, go into, like, meetings and yeah. basically get like intel like he was like a spy and he would go to the meetings and he got so frustrated he got on the mic at the minute let me tell, let me tell y'all motherfuckers something <laughs> these motherfuckers yeah she be do I just started open mic night he just started going and then they he started getting on the mic and people started he would just spew all this shit and the people was like yo I fuck with what he talking about to where the meetings they went he said they said initially it was like 40 people at like a bar yeah. and it turned into 100 and 300 then they had to have it at bigger places and it turned into like Trump like rallies yeah. that's what like if you the, literally the book was like if you watch Hitler's speeches and see the crowd the crowd looks exactly like, like a Trump rally when Trump was doing it's identical rally. yeah it's almost identical and that's how Hitler became this yeah. person and shit because he spoke to and for marginalized people mm-hmm. poor whites in his case poor German people mm-hmm. Poor whites. Trump went and spoke, went to middle America and all those forgotten places where fucking fracking and mining and all and of that that's shit. The, that's the point that Dave Chappelle was like, we had never seen that. He's like, I live in Ohio with the poor whites. And it's so funny that, yeah, we're tying all together. He's like, I live in Ohio with the poor whites. He's like, I'm telling y'all, these people were like, yo, I never seen no shit like this. Trump got on a stage with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And Hillary was like, he doesn't pay his taxes. And he was like, that makes me smart. smart. He's like, you don't like what I'm doing? Change the tax code. But I know you won't because your friends and your donors benefit off the same tax codes that I do. And Dave Chappelle was like, we've never seen nobody come out of that house and come to the common people and be like, we doing everything in that house y'all think we doing. Yeah. And he's like, the nigga just turned around, went back in the house and kept doing the shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, we never seen it. And that's really what it was. Yeah, so Trump said, he said, and Dave John, he was like, he said, uh, he said, Trump said, I know the system is rigged. Mm-hmm. How do you know that, Mr. Trump? Because I, I use it. it. He was like, God damn. <laughs> I know the system is rigged. He pulled the curtain back. And for some people, that was more important. Black people, black males, older black males and older Hispanic males, especially. That was more important for him to confirm their suspicions than whatever other hateful shit he said in between the lines. It was more important that 
he's not a politician and he's saying what we think. The same shit that we sit around in our communities at our fucking barbecues or at our barbershops and shit like that and talk about and we got suspicion of this shit and people tell us we crazy for thinking like this and then for him to confirm this shit is like, oh no, we fucking with him. Yo, That was listen, enough. I'm going to send you that joint. You made me think about it. That, I'm going to send you the joint when Michael Chi and the white boy basically, they wrote jokes that the other ones had yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. They got like a like a collage of them. So they basically they never read them. Like on air live, if you give me a bunch of jokes to read and I give you a bunch of the you so Michael Che basically did a bunch of racist Jones just trying yeah. to fuck with him. And literally Martin Luther King came up on the screen and everyone was like, come on man. <laughs> I already know where this is going. And he's reading the shit was like uh a substitute teacher was fired after she told a classroom full of elementary children that Martin Luther King killed himself. And in the teacher's defense, oh man, he said, <laughs> he said in the teacher's defense, Martin Luther King did keep running his mouth. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. I can't believe Saturday Night Live let this shit go on. They were tweaking with them jokes, like straight up. But it's it's crazy because, like Dave Chappelle said, all the things that we've been on, it's crazy to see the poor whites finally be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't trust the government. Man, we've been on that shit. Right. We need to defund the FBI. Word to MLK, son. <laughs> we Like, it's the truth. Yeah. And that's what Trump did, this same exact shit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people in this country didn't realize that they were a marginalized group because of skin color. Right. They thought, like, inherently, I'm white. I can pull myself up on my bootstraps and I can make it. Perfect example, Fred Hampton, with what he did with the whites and the, and the Hispanics in Chicago. It's like, yeah, you you do that, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we got to kill this nigga. Yeah, yeah, you tweaking. What they say about Malcolm X? He was, the white man is the devil and all that shit. As soon as he came back from Mecca, no. I had this all wrong. Kill this nigga. No. Yeah, shit is You can real. preach divisiveness as much as you want. Once you start uniting people, because at the end of the day, the government, the government officials and people that are control industry, they understand that they're a small, they're a loud minority. But if the people band together, they can overthrow the government in four hours. I'm not trying to be funny. You know how commerce works? Divisiveness. Yeah. It's the only way. You got this side versus that side. It's the only way. You got the fucking whole Democratic and Republican Party is opposing sides funded by the same motherfuckers. Ride through Flower Town, ride through Huntington Valley, ride through Bryn Mawr. It's million dollar estates left and right. You know who's out doing the yard work? Minorities. Yep, blacks and Hispanics. What happens when all the minorities own the houses right now? Now it, it throws off yeah, everything. It kills the system. It killed the system just completely goes. It collapses. Out the it collapses. Anarchy. Yep. You got to rob Taco Bell from <laughs> underground like demolition man. <laughs> yes. This shit just goes away. It the only way this shit can continue is divisiveness. Yep. When you built a country off of class and race, you have to keep that in play. Ain't no doubt about it. It's just just it's just the way it goes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. It's deep. We'd be here all day. It's very deep. So, but I, I thought I thought Dave Chappelle's monologue was was great. Um, oh, you know the, the my favorite overall thing that he said. He said Kanye learned a very valuable lesson. He learned about a lesson about perception, because if it's a group of black people, they're a gang. a gang. If it's a group of Italians, it's, it's a, a mob. mob. But if it's a group of Jewish people that are fucking you around, it's a coincidence. And you, you better never not, talk about. Never ever talk about. <laughs> yeah. He hit it. 
He knocked that out the park. You know you you know you crush something when both sides is like, man, what the fuck? Yeah, that no, they don't know to be mad or support. They don't know what to do. No, but they're both watching because there's a lot of slow cookers that you got to keep watching over yeah. and over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, when over. the initial clip came out about the Kanye stuff, somebody posted was like, oh, Dave Chappelle roast Kanye on SNL, crying emojis, and somebody came over top of it was like, if you think he's roasting Kanye, uh, you didn't watch this close yeah. enough. Yeah. Y'all are missing the mark. A lot of people are missing the mark. Missing the this. mark bad with that, John. Yeah. Like they're not even on the target. You, you're not even <laughs> close. It's like that axe. <laughs> like this is the equivalent of hitting the the instructor with the axe. Exactly. <laughs> like that jump didn't even hit the wood. Yeah. 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 It's very very bad. Yeah. Uh, before we transition to our next topic, man, I want to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors. Do that. Do that. Uh, the Sandbox Network. Let's give it up for the Sandbox Network, man. Official sponsor of the uh, TRPE 6th anniversary celebration. And they actually have their own live show coming up, man. The Sandbox Live is going to be Saturday, November 26th. That's the day after Black Friday, uh, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. They're going to be at INR Studios, 1440 Conchester Highway in Garnett Valley, PA, like right off of, right off of 322. Uh, minutes from Chester, 15, 20 minutes from uh, like the airport region, southwest and over there. Uh, Come through the show, man. Tickets only $30 on sale right now. Tickets include food. They feeding y'all, you know what I'm saying? Which is, they better than me, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you, make sure you, make sure you niggas get a meal and everything for the 30 ball. Uh, shout out money, shout out you, shout out all, all my guys over there at the Sandbox, North to South Podcast and everything like that. Make sure y'all follow them on uh, social media at the Sandbox Network. Um, and the link is in their bio for tickets uh, to the live show. Um, everything is available on Eventbrite right now. You can still get tickets. Sandbox Live Show Saturday, November 26th, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. INR Studios. Make sure y'all get y'all tickets, man. And remember, they are official sponsor of TRPE. TRP mess with them. Y'all should mess with them. Y'all need to pull up to the show, support them brothers, you know what I'm saying? And then afterwards, y'all go to the meat concert, be thoughts, and whatever else y'all want to do after that. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Give it up for them boys. Absolutely. Uh... Wakanda forever. Hey, man. I actually saw it last night. Black Panther's good, so we can get into we this. We can get All into right, this. disclaimer. We're going to get into disclaimer. this. Disclaimer. If ah. you have not watched Spoiler Black Alert. Panther 2. Is it called Black Panther 2? I don't it's think It's called so. Black Panther Wakanda forever. All right, Black Panther 2. If you have not watched Black Panther... <laughs> or as officially Ice called it, Nigga Cat 2. <laughs> <laughs> if you have not watched Black Panther 2... Get away from this. Yeah, cut this off. Fast forward about 20 minutes. Yeah, maybe 25. Maybe 25, yeah. Be safe out there. Okay. I want your, without anything else, your score. A plus being the best, F minus being junk. Just give me the score. I give it a D. Wow. I, yo. I hated this fucking movie. I'm not going to hold you. It stunk. But it was it was it was good stinking. Uh, like, you know how you fart and like it don't bother you, yeah. so you just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was just chilling. I was like, yo, this joint like Lapita look good. I'm like, yo, this joint ain't ain't half bad. L- let's get into it. W- can I say my biggest problem with the movie? Let me say mine and then you can say yours. I'll just say mine and I'll just let you get right Go. into yours. It's too fucking long. Oh, that didn't bother me because I know all Marvel movies are long now. But it was especially just, it was too much world building 
within this goddamn movie. I'm gonna tell you this. This is why my biggest problem with the movie and why I think you feel that way. Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, yes. was a superstar. We watched Twenty One Bridges last night. I'd never watched it. Motherfucker's phenomenal. The movie was awful. It was awfully written. It had a weird ending and shit. But yes. he was great. When you watch James Brown movie, get up, get on up. He was great. Thurgood when you watch Jackie Robinson, he was great. The Thurgood Marshall movie. And you don't realize it until you see a Black Panther without the Black Panther. Yes. Damn, this movie needs a star. And yes. that, that was my biggest thing. I'm like, this movie doesn't have a star. None. None. And I'm like, yo, I know it would have been cheesy. Y'all, y'all, y'all had to go get The Rock or Kevin Hart. Yeah. That is just, or, or Idris Elba. Like, this movie legitimately needed a star. That's reality. You literally trotted out a bunch of C, C, B minus to C minus level talent, minus Angela Bassett because she's an institution. But they even used her wrong throughout the course of the fucking film. I thought she was great as An- like Angela Bassett is Angela Bassett. But there were times where I I don't know. I, we just watched What's Love Got to Do with It, and I just kept seeing like. Big wheels keep on turning. Like, that's what I just, I just kept seeing that. I don't know why. But I'm like, we're hang. It's almost like they hung on Angela Bassett a little. Because Angela Bassett didn't talk that much in the first movie. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, for a two hour and 41 minute movie, there wasn't a lot of meaningful dialogue in this movie. Yeah. It was just like, a lot of like banter. Yeah. It was banter. Yeah. And I and, and and one of my other biggest shows outside of there being no superstar, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't feel like that. You remember how after the first one you felt that I'm blackity black and I'm black. You're like, yo, let's go take over City Hall, nigga. What you doing tonight? Let's go down. So like it felt like that. And I'm like, yo, it I'm was a keep- cultural moment. Yeah. This shit was just a film. I'ma keep it a buck. I personally feel like the Samoans are probably like that. Cause the 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 uh Polynesian Panther, he didn't take no <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> the Polynesian Panther didn't take no shit in this movie. I feel like them people, like the the uh, the Yucatan uh, Mexicans, the the Polynesian sauce. I know they was probably like, yeah, nigga, like we on, we got vibranium. And I I said it to her, I'm like, yo, I'm starting to feel like vibranium ain't nothing but a strong pre workout. <laughs> like <laughs> real shit. Like it just the 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 movie. It wasn't. I can see why they didn't call it Black Panther 2 because it wasn't Black Panther Yeah, there was 2. literally 12 minutes of, of Pantherness. A, of a Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, of Pantherness. 100-pound Black Panther. And like literally. A malnourished Black Panther. I had people, like, when I went, I mentioned how I just came from, people was like, oh, don't tell me. The, and I was like, I ain't going to say nothing on my story because it was the night that the shit dropped or whatever. Yeah. And one of my homies was like, yeah, I, 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 like, I kind of got an idea that Shuri going to be the Black Panther. And I'm just like, who the fuck else was going to be the Black yeah. Like, Angela Knees ain't that good. No, I, I'm the fuck what suit you put on. Angela Knees is not that strong. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you knew it wasn't going to be on Baku. You can't be Black Panther right. out there in the snow mountains and shit. Yeah. Who was it going to be? The white boy? You know, like, it just, it, you, you knew kind of where it was going. Shuri was going to have to eventually find the herb. I got and a who, question. Okay. Saw Black Panther one. Yep. Where the fuck were all the men at in this movie? Yeah, you you, you know what's crazy? Uh, Kalula wasn't in it. Well, they cast him out. Remember, he did some spy shit, whatever, whatever. Right, but they still should have had him some way in the joint. Yeah, 
Kaluuya yeah, nah, out. Yeah. Where I'm were, doing Fred Hampton too. Like the, so I can't even come to that. <laughs> there gym. were all these men in and around Wakanda. Uh-huh. They don't exist in this movie. I will say this. I before it's just Mbaku and the snow niggas. I know I have gone on record before and saying that Michael B. Jordan is a terrible actor. After this movie, it is confirmed. He is one of the worst actors of all What it do, cuss? Yo, yo. Seeing Michael B. Jordan in the afterlife, I did not need that scene. Okay? And he was dressed like Brian McKnight in the back of one video. <laughs> I couldn't understand this shit. I'm like, why does he have on a koofy outfit? Like, it was all that <laughs> It was like all koofy that he had on. Yeah, the Eric McKnight. Yeah, a bodysuit. And I was just like, what is happening right now? I don't know. I honestly thought when she drunk the thing and she was trying, I thought it was going to be like a, I, I don't, I don't know why I kind of lied to myself and thought maybe Chadwick Boseman was able to get some scenes in. I kind of went into this knowing that that was a rat. I, I don't, all I, the production delays and her being an anti-vaxxer and they kept stopping production and threatening to kick her off the movie 14 times and all that shit. I'm like, all right, so we have no Chadwick footage whatsoever. Right. We have nothing even right. usable. Like, yeah. The movie opens with the funeral, like with Chadwick is like is dying. Like that's the opening scene. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be bad. Like this is gonna be awful. Like we have we don't have no B roll. We don't got nothing we can use. That's what I said. We wasn't smart enough to say, yo, let's shoot some of the scenes for part two now, since we know his health is failing. We didn't do none of that. This movie fucking sucked, man. This was a bad movie, yo. And I, I I think the visuals of it I liked. I think the visuals were good, but at some points the visuals kind of like looked a little cheesy, like they cut corners on some of the uh Which like is the wild CGI. because the budget was two fifty. Right. It looked like in certain scenes like they cut corners on the CGI, and I'm just like Four years ago, we produced a, a, a far superior film. How do we get four years later and the film quality is worse? Like, it's just, uh, just certain shit just didn't make sense to me, man. I gave it a C plus. Yeah, I'm giving it a solid D minus. I, I gave it a C plus. I, you just know sequels aren't going to be as good as the first one. Yeah. It's very rare. I can honestly, me personally, I can think of four movies where the second one Rivaled or was better than the first one? Godfather. Godfather 2 to me is better than Godfather 1. Beverly Hills Cop 2. You can make the argument. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's better, but yeah. you can make the argument. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Ooze. Dirt. You can make the right. argument. I personally like the first one. You can make the argument. Outside of that, it's like, it's seldom. It oh, does. uh. What's good, y'all? It's Aaliyah from the Young and Dumb Show. I have something for you. If you're young and interested in learning more about different careers, becoming an entrepreneur, and really get into the bag, then be sure to check out and subscribe to The Young and Dumb Show. On this show, we sit down with the biggest, and I'm talking the biggest, career professionals, entrepreneurs, influencers, and entertainers to break down how to be successful in different industries. It's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. Let's get it, y'all. The Batman, the the uh, Christian Bane Batman, Christian Bane, the one with the Joker. Oh, Bell, right, Christian Bell. Yeah, yeah Christian yeah. Bell. All right, yeah, no, nah, did Bat, but I ain't gonna hold you. I personally like the one with Bane a little bit. Yeah, right, I, but both of them yeah, were better, better than, than the Batman first Begins. One. Batman with, uh, Begins with a uh, Taken. Yeah, yeah, that John kind of stuck. Yeah, that John kind was ass. 
So, yeah, it's very seldom. So, I knew going into it, you don't have Chadwick and it's the second John. I yeah. know this isn't going to be that good. Another big John I just hated from the movie, the girl. The, the little girl. Oh, uh, Ironheart. The, the, the other super scientist. The right. The girl, yeah. It was, the American Shuri. It was like, it was like too black. Like, I get it. It's a black movie and it's a black film and you want to be black. You know, what's Sinbad say on Meter Man? I, you know, I, I'm taking his class on being black, and I got my first black girlfriend, and I'm feeling black. Like, I, I get it. You, you I'm want, feeling black. That's what he said. Remember, remember he was mixed in the movie, so he did, he was trying to get in touch with his black side. Feeling black. He's like, I'm feeling black, man. You want to feel black with the movie. She was, it was like, what's a cheesy movie? Like, uh, I'm going, now nah, I'm going to get you, sucker. Uh, I got the hookup, like Master P. It it felt like that at times with the girl. Like, remember when Shuri punched the suit and the suit went through the wall? Yeah. You could see it coming a mile away. I'm like, I know the girl about to say something stupid. She punched the suit and the girl was like, damn, can I get some of that? <laughs> and it's just, you, it's just, it was just too much of that. It was a redundant role. It was no point for her to be there because you already have a super genius in Shuri. What do we need another Shuri for? I understood it in the plot, though. She built the machine that the Americans right. were using to search for the vibranium. But she didn't know what it... She didn't even know what she built. Exactly. So it was just like... She didn't know what she built, and she didn't know that they sold the shit to the government. Right. And she couldn't... They never even explored, what the fuck is this machine made of? I hate to go the Kanye route, but she built this great machine <laughs> to search for vibranium, and here she is doing niggas homework for $1,000. <laughs> And it's like, here we are again, back at this shit. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it this joint might have been lower than a C plus. Like, were there any messages? that I, I ain't gonna hold you. When, uh, when what's-his-name said, the world has taken too much from you for you to still be considered a child, that was pretty heavy. Yeah. That was a good joint. I think that there were, it was more, my general problem with the movie is that there was more pandering than messages and I get that. there was an agenda a clear agenda here to further establish with people online I didn't even know this was a thing they're calling it the MCU now like oh wow <laughs> where like the nerd erotics and like the comics explained and all of that shit they basically taking the standpoint of like yo Marvel and Disney in an attempt to be all-inclusive and have, you know, female, more female representation, LGBT representation and all that, they have alienated their core audience, which is 10-year-old to 35-year-old males. Lee said Hangover 2 was better than Hangover. I don't think that. Hangover was just such a, like... Hangover 2 did better box office-wise, yeah. but... Because you know, Hangover 1 was the... Hangover 1 was the best earning live action comedy ever. Yeah. And you know what it beat? Home Alone. Right. Home Alone was number one for all them years. Yeah. That wound up beating it and then Hangover 2 beat that, which you kind of knew. Yeah. I don't... Hangover 1 was just to me a better movie. Because like they didn't have any expectations there or was no, no ele it was like element of surprise yeah it was just like we got this we know we got a great ass movie we got mike tyson we got all of this shit like let's just roll this fucking out here you know what i'm saying and it was such an original story oh line. we just watched it rush hour two rush hour two. rush hour two to me was better than rush hour one yes yeah i'll take because rush hour two chris tucker was just off the fucking hook yeah i'll do that 
Yeah, so I just think that my biggest problem with the film is like the the story arc of like continuing um like this female dominant um superhero sphere that they're running right now. So much so like you completely marginalized Mbaku. He's like nine, he got like nine lines the whole movie. And he was part of the comic relief and the bravado of the first film. And you completely just took somebody that was like best supporting actor and just completely marginalized him to like an ensemble guy or whatever. He's just here just because I'm just here. So I don't get fined. Yeah. I'm here for the check. Even the, uh, the warrior, the, uh, the, the, uh, the general. Yeah. When they dethroned or de, 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 uh, de-escalated, I don't know the word. Yeah, de-something. De-speared her. Like, (laughs) yeah, they took her spear and her shield. It was just like, so now Lapita is a teacher in Haiti. Yeah. And she had to go get, and it's just like, you got a warlord over here and this girl, but Shuri, who's doing- just dipped years ago. Like, you know, I, I was like- There were a lot of plot holes in this film. Now Lapita does look amazing. She looked very good. Lapita is 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 she was is, looking thick. Yeah, yeah. Her backside looks very, very chocolate and good. Looked delicious. Yeah, very delicious. Yeah. And the movie I saw that stunk, by the way. <laughs> I went to the Regal and Plymouth Meeting because it was like no yeah, other place yeah, to go. Yeah. Yo, the sound system was like, yo, can they turn this joint up a little bit? Yeah, like, y'all don't got no tweeters. Like, what's going on in this joint? I actually saw that uh the movie tavern um in Exton or whatever last night. And I'm watching it and I'm like, this is way too long. And this also, shit sucks. I have a gripe. This is my second, y'all weird. How do you feel about people bringing their babies to a movie? Oh, no, you're a dickhead. Oh, no, you a dickhead, oh, no, right? You're a dickhead. Oh, no, you a dickhead. Yeah, if your kid is not at least five. I was going to say 13. <laughs> like, if, at least at five, you could be like, yo, young boy, shut the fuck up. And like, they shut the fuck up. They listen. Dog. One through, f- uh, infant, infancy through four, there's nothing you can say. Because it's like, if they going to cry, they going to cry. It was a chick in the movie the other night. She had a baby. When I tell you, I guess the baby just learned mama. And, and I, I even to like Lee and like on her, I had her real kind of like, yo, is, 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 is that like one of the Migos back there? Because he kept mama. <laughs> mama. <laughs> he kept saying my mama. I was like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with him? I'm talking about every 45 seconds. Mama. Like he just kept saying this shit. Then it was another kid up front screaming and hollering. They had to give him a tablet and shit. And I'm just like, yo, if you got a little baby, premiere night ain't for you. No. You got to come on Thursday when you get a sitter. In the words of Peter Griffin, I don't want to have to come out here and deal with little baby bastard. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to deal with that shit. Um, make better decisions. Hire a fucking babysitter. Leave leave the baby at your pimp's house. I don't know what you got to do, but don't bring him to fucking opening night. Don't bring him to any movie night. In actual, leave him at your pimp's house. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Tafik, it's your night to watch the baby. I'm going to go see Black Panther. How did you feel about the storyline going into there being more vibranium and the the, the the Polynesians having it? Well, here's the thing. We knew there was more vibranium from fucking Captain America. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's a plot hole. They're trying to make it seem like, oh, there's just more. There's vibranium all over the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that, a, that right there is my biggest problem with this whole MCU. And I, I told Ra hit me the other night was like, yo, without ruining the movie, how was it? And I'm like, I'm probably not the person you should ask about <laughs> yeah. this. He's like, nigga, you've seen it. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to remember, I'm not a Marvel. Yeah, you need larger context. Because this is my problem with it. 
these movies come out and then people who are in that universe of understanding be like, yeah, you got to watch the second Iron Man before you watch the first one. Then you got to watch the first Avengers, but then don't watch the second one because you got to watch Thor. And after you watch Thor, you got to watch Hulk, but don't watch the first Hulk before you watch the third Hulk. Then after you watch the third Hulk, watch the first Hulk. Then you can watch Avengers 2. Now you got to go watch Ant-Man, but don't watch the first one. You got to watch Ant-Man with the Wasp. That's the real good one. That's when it put you in perspective for, for understanding Captain America because see, Captain America was when Black Panther came in. Don't watch Black Panther without what any you be like, dog. In my day, Ninja Turtles 1 came out and Ninja Turtles 2 came out, nigga. I don't know what the fuck yeah, y'all are all, talking it's about. It's all this timeline hopping, and then they've introduced the concept of, like, multiverse and multiversal travel and alternate timelines and uh, incursions and breaking off from a, from an alternate timeline to create a new timeline, and I'm just like, bro. Yeah. It's getting too comic booky, too nerdy, yeah. to where it's like certain shit, they can't even adapt the comic book versions to film because that would just confuse the fuck out of anybody. Exactly. It would end up being like watching like 35 different versions of like Tenet. Did you see Tenet? What is that? With uh John David, uh uh what's the uh John David Washington, Denzel's son? It's a fucking the same guy that made um the same guy that made uh Inception. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't see it, but I know yeah. what you're talking about. Tenet is the most fucking confusing movie ever. And it's the same nigga that made Inception. And it's like, he was like, oh, y'all understood Inception? A dream within a dream within a dream? Well, watch this. I'm going to show you timelines going forward and backward at the same time. And it's like, nigga, fuck you. I watched 10 and 5 times and I still don't understand it. If anybody out there that's listening to this and the sound of my voice understands Tenet, please tell me what it's about. Because I attempted to watch it again the other day and I got mad and I just cut it off because I don't understand. Yeah. It's not a good film. Uh, they they said that it, the numbers were crazy though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it's still half of the first Black Panther, which was a cultural phenomenon, mm-hmm. a cultural movie, and a lot of that was due to Chadwick. Yeah, that's the reality. It just there there is no star. There's no star to carry this. And I, they would have been better just making Jason Momoa the Polynesian Panther, because then it would have been like, all right, well at least you got yeah. a star. Because the boy was pretty good. I thought he was pretty excellent. And I I personally think they went a little like. He's the only one that they gave you like a real story. Yeah. Like the whole shit with his mom and the, the birth and which now the comic book people online are like, this has nothing to do with his or like they just made it up. Like they changed you know what I'm saying. Like this is none of his history because the comic book history is so close to Aquaman that they don't want to infringe on that. So they created a whole new backstory. And instead of it being Atlantis, it's Talacon and just all of this shit. And I'm just like, yo, they just destroyed the integrity of it for anybody that had any sort of uh, perspective prior to this movie. You know what I mean? So it's like people that understood like the history of Neymar and it being a response to Aquaman. Well, actually, Aquaman was a ripoff of Neymar and mm-hmm. all of that shit. Like, it's a mess. Like, <laughs> it was a fucking mess, man. Like... Um and, and and Marvel Marvel's last few movies like I just gotta be real like the, the MCU was kind of cooked you know what I'm saying it's like yeah after a certain point it's like you you you're 30, this is run its course you're thirty films in and this is the reality these movies make too much money yeah. any time on earth think about it, you are a human if you could put out two hundred and fifty dollars and make back eight x on that to where you can put out two hundred and fifty million and make two billion yeah. 
That's a good ass. So th- there's nothing standing in the way of you doing that over and over yes. again. Yep. So I'm going to keep it a buck. When, and I told y'all, don't listen to this shit if you ain't watching. <laughs> when Lupita showed up with the little Chadwick, I was just like, all right, come on. Y'all. Yeah, because 14 years from now, like, we're going to have we, Black you, Panther. A little three. Panther in them. Like, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but the last few Marvel movies stunk. Um, Thor Love and Thunder had its moments. But it had the biggest drop from first week to second week in MCU history. Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness was just bad. Uh, Shang-Chi was actually pretty good. The Eternals was ass. And all the Disney Plus content except Moon Knight stunk. Like, I, it's unwatchable. It's garbage. And um, it's, like, it's like you said, because they have a financial burden um, tied to these fucking movies is just kind of like, yo, we got to keep making this shit. Like, we got to make offshoot content. We got to make six uh, six episodes. We got to do one shots. We got to do all this shit around this stuff. We got to do short films. We got to do all this shit around this to flesh this out. But it's like, what we've done now, we've gotten into the EFG characters mm-hmm. and trying to pronounce them. And we don't care about the EFG mm-hmm. characters. We care about motherfucking Thor. We care about Hulk. We care about Iron Man. We care about Spider-Man. We care about the X-Men, which y'all pretty much have fucking ruined that. Uh, the way that you fucking introduce uh, Dr. X uh, in fucking uh, Multiverse of Madness. The Fantastic Four keeps getting pushed back because this will be the third try at the Fantastic Four and all of those movies were bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't know what the fuck to do. Meanwhile, DC has somehow, by happenstance, figured out the comic book shit. And they're like, oh, we just going to bring Superman back, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we just going to go back to Superman and Batman. On, on the <laughs> weekly update, he was like, uh, Superman is coming back. And uh, they're saying that this Superman might be cast as a black person. And his kryptonite, uh, his, <laughs> his kryptonite is, is going to be an honest day's work. <laughs> That weekly update shit. I mean, it heavy. Uh, honest days work. Honest days work as your kryptonite. But I, I know for a fact because even the last week, you remember how I was like, "Yo, I didn't really like this." I'm, you know, I'm not into these movies. And you remember, you were like mad at me, yeah, because I was we like, had a round table. Well, we definitely had a round table. Rob was like, "Yo, man, I, I don't understand you." Sometimes. <laughs> Cause I'm like yo, I'd rather see Super Troopers, yeah, this, and this, this, I, I would rather see Super Troopers than this I, shit. I know, like leaving this, like leaving the three theater. I we I joked about it because we were coming out of theater. It was like the next batch of blacks coming in to go see it, and they was taking pictures at the big poster, you know, doing the casket mm-hmm. pose and all that. And I'm like, I should tell them what happened just to save them <laughs> all two and a half hours. And we left out of theater. We went to Wendy's, and I came home and went to sleep. I didn't yeah, even feel. There's I no feel additional. No, I don't additional feel no dialogue. More black than the, yeah, like, there's no additional dialogue after you see this crap. No, like it's just a movie. It's a long, dumbass movie. It's 45 minutes of fluff that they needed to chop <laughs> out of this to produce a concise hour and 50 minute movie of storyline, Namor, this, 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 and this. Boom, done deal. Like the shit was dumb. There was a lot of uh, repetition in the overall movie, and it it's it stunk. And I and I know the second week is going to fall off a fucking cliff because it's not a good movie. It's a starless film. I don't think it falls off just because it people are they're they're more so invested because of the first one. And I think a lot of people are probably going to go into it with the mind frame that I had. Like I know they got some B roll in. I know they got something. some Chadwick in here somewhere. Second eight, <laughs> eight seconds in the movie, like Black Panther died. Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. they done tricked me. <laughs> 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 
And it tricked me. Yeah. And to my, see the pantherless Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and that's why I'm like, yo, the 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 real Panther of the movie is the the guy Neymar, the the Polynesian Panther. And I personally, when I, I'm watching it, and it almost feels like, damn, this is it. Almost feels like. Remember how you saw the uh, Infinity War? Was that Infinity War? No. What's the Captain America where Black Panther first showed up? Civil War. Civil War. Where you watch that and it's like, okay, Black Panther's in it, but it's not about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. That's how this shit felt at times. It felt like it was about the blue people more than it was about yeah. the Wakandians. Wakandians, however the fuck you pronounce it. It felt more about them than anything. Yeah. Because they were the one that was kicking ass and taking names and doing all this crazy shit. And That's even the last battle, it basically, it honestly felt like the first Black Panther when they had the big battle on the ship and all, mm-hmm. and they whipping each other's ass and they just come to a screeching halt and stop. I get that message where it's like revenge will consume you. I get that. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And she just was like, I don't want to live my life like that. I'm going to let him go. Da, 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 da. But even him going back to the people like, no, nah, because, you know, we in a pocket now and the Americans going to come for them and whoop de whoop whoop And I'm just like. The next, I, I, I'm still in cable. So the next Black <laughs> Panther, I think I'm going to fire stick that joint. The movies is expensive now. Yeah, I paid, what, fourteen twenty five a ticket plus fees? Oh, you got out light. Yeah. Our joint was $40. Did y'all see, uh, what y'all saw, like the DLX or the 3D shit? We saw the basic accommodations of a theater. And it was $40. That shit is $19 a piece. Yeah, see, I, I guess I made out good then. That's what I said. And I've realized, I was telling her, like, why movies are so expensive now. Because they got all these chairs that recline and kick up. And there is, remember back in the day, it was just... Seats, seats, mm-hmm. seats, seats, yeah. seats, seats, seats. And I was telling her, I remember we went to Friday. We went to see Friday after next. Shout out like the whole Penrose. We went like 25 deep. Jules, had, I remember Flash Cash. Jules will tell you about that later. But we went to Friday to Delaware Ave Riverview. Deep as fuck to go see Friday after next. And I was telling her that shit was so packed. People were sitting on the steps in the movie theater. Yeah. Like it was no seats in that room. Motherfuckers sitting on like, it was Packed in that because remember back in the day you just get a ticket and you in that joint. Yeah. Wasn't no assigned seats, but now with these assigned seats, they gotta basically make room for that. So that's why the seats cost for it. And the the food, I got two things of nachos and the cheese was terrible. And that shit was twenty three dollars. Yeah, got you some of that mob ties cheese. Y'all, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they coming in here to see that black pamper. They don't need no dog. There was nothing. I was like, do y'all have any hot dogs? Nope. Y'all got pretzels? No, nah, they cooking. Y'all got all we got is nachos. And the nachos ain't even like fresh hot nachos. They're yeah. like in a bag, yeah. like a bag of nachos from like the gas station. Throw these in the microwave for eighteen seconds. They didn't even for throw this them nigga. in the microwave. Oh damn! The cheese come out the joint. The cheese was cold. I'm like, yo, what the fuck, dog? Twenty three dollars for two nachos and a soda. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, fight me. This is why people just, you know, just uh, you know, <laughs> it costs you twenty dollars to buy the movie on your fucking cable mm-hmm. vision or whatever the fuck. Or if you got the Fire Stick, it's unlimited films for 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 you know for the thirty three a month or whatever the fuck you paint. It's like why bother? Like we got we got food at the crib. Yeah, make some sliders, some dog, salmon sliders, dog. <laughs> All kind of shit. What fucking uh 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 Wegmans had the White Castle burgers the other day two for eight. <laughs> they got <laughs> like we good. We don't gotta leave out the house. Yeah, no, I I definitely was like, damn, this isn't that cultural black, you know, dun, 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 dun. it's it's none of that. Wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. That. But I like the the visual, I guess, of the shit. The fights was pretty cool. Um, the boat scene was pretty dope. 
The boat scene was all that. Yeah, like, that, that, cool. that was cool. The two boat scenes. The the initial one where the... The, uh, the, the one where they did the sound and everybody started killing themselves. Yeah, that, that was fire. That was fire. That like, was fire. That was the best scene in the movie. Yeah, that, that was dope. But yeah, all in all, I, I'm going to give it a C. I'm going to give it a D minus. I'm going to give it a solid C. Yeah, I will not be re-watching this crap. Yeah. It's a bad film. I like Lapita. I like Angela Bassett. Um, did you know Lapita and Winston Duke went to school together? Yeah. And she said that um, they basically watched the first Avengers when they was in school and was like, yo, it would be cool to be like extras in some shit like this eventually. And now they're both in the Marvel Universe as stars is kind of fucking fly. But yeah, outside of just supporting it because Chadwick was the man and, you know, you know, feeling black. Like, <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling black. Like, outside of that, it's... it's Oh, because I'm black, yo. I'm and black, I'm black, yo. Yeah, yeah. And I'm bliggity black because I'm black, yo. It definitely was not, you know. Yeah, it was. It was, it was not okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I got nothing. Good else. luck. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're gonna make some money. Yeah. But you know, me personally, you know, you, you, it's crazy. You absolutely right. Outside of Winston Duke, there really just wasn't There's like no men. Yeah. Yeah. They deleted the testosterone from the film. Yeah, Michael B. Like I said, was there for three minutes. What up, cuz? What up, cut? I'm like, yo, I, I at this point, cause I'm getting in shape. Like, I'm, let that shit ride, cuz. Like, I, like, I'm, I'm putting on some muscle. I think I'm going down to just a mustache <laughs> and see how that works. Cause y'all, y'all like Michael B. Jordan with just a mustache, just the muscles. <laughs> just a mustache. <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. This shit makes zero sense. Cause he really, really is not that that good of an actor. And what's crazy is, I know he's not a good actor. Still going to see Creed three. <laughs> I, I, I gave up after the first Creed. I even see Creed two. Cause I can't take Rocky serious anymore. Yeah. I just can't do it. Definitely, I'm, it's him and Jonathan Majors, who's another classic, classic Negro. Yeah, I, I just can't do it anymore. All right, man. If we get into the rest of these topics, man, we got one more sponsor. Shout out to Lane's Carpet Cleaning, official carpet cleaning company of the Realist Podcast. Sever, they are sponsoring the uh, sixth anniversary celebration and show. Uh, Lane's Carpet Cleaning will bring back the joy and freshness in your carpets and upholstery. They've served as residential and commercial properties in the tri-state area. Lane's Carpet Cleaning's main goal is to ensure that you have carpet and upholstery looking brand spanking new they specialize in spot removal heavy traffic spots and pet odors they do it all great carpets is their passion get your carpets and upholstery clean done the right way at lane's carpet clean and schedule with them today you can hit them up by phone 267-332-8216 or email lane's carpet cleaning at gmail.com and you can follow them on the gram at lane's underscore carpet underscore cleaning that phone number again 267-332-8216 lane's carpet cleaning official carpet cleaning and sponsor of the Realist Podcast Sever 6th Anniversary Celebration. That's my dog. Shout out to Dre Lane. He's actually really good with that shit, too. Like, really Fantastic. phenomenal. Like, really, really good. Like, seriously, I got a lot. I've sent people to him, and they're just like, yo, he's really good at this shit. I'm like, yeah, the nigga bought a motherfucking squeegee and a motherfucking vacuum, nigga, and get to it. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Seriously, I love seeing shit like that. Like, people creating businesses and creating things. We're creating a couple, waiting on trucks and shit, but yeah. you know how that go. Uh... What else we got that popped off this past week? We had, um, I want to talk about this Nas album. Okay. I talk about some music, man. Um, Nas is one of the best rappers, if not the best. I for sure think he's the best lyricist alive. Okay. I don't think there's any lyricist. Oh, you want to? Yeah. I, I don't think there's any lyricist 
just better than than Esco. Did not see her Jones. I, I just I just don't. I just that's my personal opinion. I I, I love you know when Hov talks his shit. I like Jeezy. I like Drake. I like I, I like Push. Nas is just that guy. Nas can paint a picture better than pretty much everybody. He's a poet. He's a wizard when it comes to laying down words. Nas getting with Hit Boy. It's some of the best shit we've like ever got. Yeah, he got a whole career resurgence just by locking in with one producer and doing these conceptual albums. You know, he dropped KD3 this past week. Um, you know, King's Disease 3. And while just like King's Disease 2 and King's Disease, it's not going to have the fanfare of 200,000 albums being sold in the first week. Um, it might struggle to go platinum. But the, the wordplay and what you get in him being a 50-year-old man who's made it out of Queensbridge but is still connected to his roots of where he comes from and being able to tell you about investing in the crypto and investing into all of these different businesses that have fucking blown up. Mm -hmm. Nas is a titan. Now, this week with the King's Disease 3, 21 Savage apparently said, yo, Nas is irrelevant. Went on Clubhouse, which is the hub of the all, hub nigger of all no- nigger nonsense. <laughs> he went on Clubhouse and said, yo, Nas is irrelevant. In the grand scheme of what he was trying to say, he's actually correct. Yeah. Because I don't think Jay-Z is super relevant anymore. You're, you're 68. Yeah, he, have po- he, he has po- Jay has pockets of relevance when he drops a verse. God did something like that. He's relevant for three weeks. Then he goes back to being Jay. My dad isn't relevant that much anymore. He don't work where he used to work or go out and do all these. He's at the house. He's relevant to like nine people. So what 21 Savage was trying to say versus what he actually said. He's just past his prime. Falls into the pocket of like what Pusha T said is the root of his beef with Birdman and Wayne and Drake. Niggas don't know how to talk. Mm -hmm. And niggas don't know how to talk about other people. And they're willing to... Go jump out the window to be sensational, not understanding that your words travel now just inherently when you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. If you have any acclaim for doing anything and you say some sensational shit, it's going everywhere. Mm-hmm. You don't have no control over it. And because 21 Savage is like paid by Clubhouse and has a residency over there and he's on there every fucking night, right. him, Wack 100, and Joe Button, I had to delete the app off my phone because I kept getting alerts. Joe Button is on Clubhouse right now. Yeah. Just like, I don't care about this. But because he's fucking incentivized by the platform to be on there, he just think I'm just talking amongst a bunch of nobody ass niggas. Mm-hmm. But you're somebody. You got the number one album in the country. Mm-hmm. You about to have fucking 10, 10, 16 songs on the Billboard top 40. You can't say shit like this because mm-hmm. it's going to go ape shit. And it did in short order. Let me look that up real quick, see what they're doing this week. But, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, her lost prediction, my final prediction was 403 for sales. You know what they sold? 404. Mm. I'm pretty goddamn good at this thing. So they did better than the initial projections. Yeah, they went from 325 to 350 to a solid 350 to 390. So the final prediction was 400, and it came in at 404. Which beats What a Time to Be Alive, beats Dirk and Lil Baby, uh, beats all the collab albums. How many... How? How, <laughs> how many songs does Drake have in the top 20 this week on Billboard Hot 100? 
according to chart data, Drake is the first artist in the history of music to chart 15 songs in the top 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. He now earned his 31st top 40 hit of 2022. That's the most ever in a calendar year. Yeah, Lil Baby had it, and then now Drake, by putting the 15 up, took it. Rich Flex debuts at number one. Jesus Christ. Me and Dan called it. I didn't call it a number one, but I said it was my favorite joint on there. Damn. The way he's been able to pop off number ones. Since the whole. Post Scorpion. The whole. Post the whole he ain't got got no no number number one one shit. shit. is funny as hell. It's insanity. Because the way that number ones get created now, the formula is completely different than it was four or five years ago. Like, it's a different thing. There was a point where it took 16 weeks for a record to activate and ramp up to number one, and we see number one debuts all the time now. Your face is hilarious. For the first time ever in music, one person has eight songs on the top ten. That's insane. Rich Flex is number one. Major Distribution is number three. On BS is number four. Pussy and Millions is number six. Spin Bout You is number seven. Circle Loco is number eight. Privileged Rappers is number nine. And Back Outside Boys is number 10. <laughs> I told y'all on this show. Fuck that hours in silence, by the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like, told y'all on this show. People inherently, c- consumers, don't understand how criticism and outrage works. They think that by talking about something and creating the conversation around it, you're impeding someone's progress towards success. When in reality, what you're doing is putting more eyeballs on them and their art because you're making people that weren't interested go say, Oh damn, that Drake and 21 came out. Let me go listen to it. And then this is what happens. Mm -hmm. Number one debut, fucking 15 songs in the top 28 in the top 10. Mm -hmm. More record-breaking shit from fucking Aubrey. The whole damn album damn near is in the top 15. I mean, in the top 20. Yeah, 16 songs. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. We thought it was crazy when Wayne charted the whole album. And Drake has gotten to the point now where he's just surpassed that. Like, I'm going to chart the whole bitch in the top 30. Yeah. Remember at the remember at a point when it was like, yo, if you got one song in the top 40 and you was hip-hop, that was like a... You was a legend. Popping bottles. Yeah. Celebrating. You was a legend. Niggas went their whole lives without getting a top 40. Seriously. Yeah. You know Biggie Motherfuckers never, with great careers. You know Big didn't have like a number one until he died. Until he died, yeah. Like Hypnotize went number one after. You know what I'm saying? Pac, like these, these motherfuckers just wasn't doing that shit. It's crazy to think. <laughs> like look at Nas just getting his first Grammy yeah. and shit like and, that. And the thing is, they were selling massive amounts of records, mm-hmm. hard copies, Six, vinyls, seven million. tapes, CDs, massive amounts of fucking units, and they still just weren't popping that number one record, that mm-hmm. top five record, and all that shit. It just wasn't that. It was R and B, hip hop chart. It was mm-hmm. not popular. It was not pop chart. They could not overcome Garth Brooks and Metallica, Reba McIntyre, yeah, and all of them. They, they yeah. couldn't do it. And now you see it flipped, where it's just like, yo, I would imagine that this album is probably going to overall save the year for hip-hop because right now the sales and all that shit, the streaming is down, mm-hmm. the uh, overall consumption is down and shit like that. This album is going to save the year for hip-hop. 
It, it's definitely listen. I listen to like I, I listen to all podcasts, and I know people might not think that I that I do, yeah. but I listen to everybody. I consume all this shit, and the overarching theme from everybody is like, no, this joint ain't got no skips. Like, no, this joint, this my shit. This really my shit. I it hasn't been this much fanfare about a Drake album, in my opinion, since at least on the boots to ground aspect. Since like nothing was the same. I was gonna say it. Even with what views did and what fucking views was a slow cooker. People came back to views and was like, "No, this is like the best shit he ever made." But e- even views, Scorpion, CLB, all of them, it wasn't like the. Remember when nothing was the same came out and instantly it was like, uh, "No, nah, but this John, no, nah, but that Wu Tang forever, no." Nah. Mm-hmm. When it when the beat switched on, come yeah. with the, what was the, uh uh the last John. It's supposed to be a lot of hard working going on, but who the fucking focus all this twerking going on? So I'm gonna put an order in for a chicken. I told my girl to order in. I need. I do the dishes. Yeah, they wait on me to hook up. Yeah, you know I got the cook up. Yeah, they. My three hundred five in my city. No, not three hundred. Even that was crazy at the end. But no, the last John, uh, come through. Oh, come through. Yeah, like it, it just when the beat switched on, come through, and you deserve rounds. Like it just. It was just so much fanfare around that album. No, at the end when he was like, your mama used to work at the church on Sunday and you just go to live at the church on Sunday. Oh, Lord. Like, it was just all of that. That's where this album is. Every day it's a new argument. No, but when it when yeah. when Trav came on on Pussy and Millions, Trav or, smoked Pussy and Millions. You know when? No, when when he when the, when he when the beat changed on Middle of the Ocean and he started really getting busy with the you know the the money growing trees like Shiitake and the, it's all of that yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been that since nothing was the same. And I'm like, this album is one of them Jones where it's like, it's gonna it's gonna this is going up on his mantle. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's a, he created a cultural moment. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. created sure. con- he created controversy. Created a conversation around this album. Um, he's got fucking like he got a lawsuit behind this album. He got a he, lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, he got Rolling Stone trying to age shame him for for not making quote unquote age appropriate music. Because when Jay Z was thirty six, he made Kingdom Come, and Drake is thirty six, and he's making frat boy music and all this crazy shit. And I'm just like, yo, this is how you know that critics don't matter. The people matter. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is the reason why, like, the main ethic of our podcast is like, yo, we just focus on the audience. Like, Bruh. fuck a critic. Fuck somebody that's not a listener. If you're not a listener to this show, I don't give a fuck what you got to say. Bruh. You don't even register. Who are you? Who are you? You don't exist. What the fuck imp- you doing here, nigga? <laughs> I'm important. I'm important to, you know, however we manufacture this, you know, these million so impressions a year. To get to our number or whatever, to create industry around this thing, that's what I care about. Right. Those people that manufacture yep. that number. Like, I don't care about, you know, a, a casual listener or a non-listener. Like, what you say doesn't matter. So it's like for Drake, it's like, yo, it's important for him right now because he's under so much fire and so much criticism to block out the noise and focus on the fucking success. Because it's just like, yo, your success is way louder than any critic or detractor that you may have or any pocket of, like, why the fuck would he say that? Like that that shit or whatever like that that goes on on Twitter. And it's like this is like a testimony to like the Kevin Hart thing where he's like you think like people ain't fucking with you, mm-hmm. then you go outside and you realize like we what post? We didn't even see that shit. It's that shit. And I look at Nas at this juncture of his career sort of like the way I looked at Paul Mooney at the end of his where 
Paul Mooney wasn't doing big arenas like Kevin Hart. That's relevance. Doing yeah. big arenas like Cat Williams or Mike Epps or, you know, whatever, whatever. But I remember when Paul Mooney came here at the first district plaza, he was with Dick Gregory. Me and Ross went that we I mean it was one of the funniest Jones because his core fans are like, yo, you y'all know the way I've referenced Paul Mooney. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. So it's like I remember the same way I went to Kevin Hart and it was 16,000 people there. I went to that at First District Plaza. It might have been 300 people. And I, I remember that a little bit more than I remember. the right. Like you see the way I can re- reference and remember all these different joints. Because there comes a point when you look at LeBron James. You are great. You, you are arguably the greatest ever. The Lakers are 2-11. and 11. You are not relevant right now. Yeah. That's reality. And we need to stop acting like that. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Jay knows it about himself. This is why Jay, when it's time to drop an album, he don't just drop. You see how Nas just dropped King Disease 3 the other day with his Jay boy? Jay would never. Jay would never. Jay got to go get motherfucking Tostitos. Jay, Jay like, here go, the, here go the thing. Every bag of Doritos come with a Jay album. <laughs> I'm just going to rig the system. Yeah. You go buy a box of Band-Aids. You turning around. Free Jay-Z? Okay. <laughs> Get the new hole. Scan here. Scan here for the new hole with a box of Band-Aids. Like, Jay not stupid because it's all about commerce in his world. Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to get a million pushed. Yeah, we got, we got to get to the bottom line. Yeah. But when you look up and saw Magna Carta was number one with 184,000 sold the first week, then the next week it sold 13,000. you like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah, but it don't matter to him because at the end of the day, I already sold five. I, got, I, got my I already six, sold a million units. I got my sixteenth number one. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it matter. Don't fucking matter. That's all I'm doing. I'm yeah. just extending the lead. So it's like, yeah, at a certain point, yeah, you aren't going to be super relevant anymore, and people need to understand that. That's life. So while he said it and and it came off in distaste, he's not necessarily wrong because Nas isn't a relevant. Rapper. And he tried to clean it up in the moment by saying, you know, he he serves his core audience. He has a strong core audience and he makes good music. Like the people that he makes the music for care about the music. We're invested. We give a fuck. Like mm-hmm. we remember KD1 and KD2. Like we care about this fucking music. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, the people that need to recognize Nas's albums and all of that shit do. The fucking Grammys and fucking, you know, uh, 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 who else? Uh, not Billboard, but like the Grammy, whatever other uh, Amer- American Music Awards and shit like My that. My favorite song on the Nas album is Thun. And on that joint, he said, there's no rivals. They playing ETH on title. Black men can achieve anything when they set their mind to. He was like, uh, uh, what was the next joint? Um, I'm sitting in the Rover listening to TakeOver. I'm about to text Hove like, nigga, this shit ain't over. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right. It's Nas is great. He's yeah. great. He's a legend. I he's he's I got Nas at number two. And the best part about this current run That's of, me. The, the best thing about this current run of music that Nas is on is people thought Nas was finished. It just shows you that you can age gracefully. Yeah. Sometimes that's just what you do. You can age gracefully. You you know remember uh uh, sort of like Angela Bassett in Black Panther, where she got the the gray fro. Yeah, like you can just age gracefully. I ain't like the, I ain't like how they was overemphasizing the gray fro, yo. They was trying to age Angela Bassett, yo. I mean, Angela Bassett's pretty old. She's definitely old, but yeah. goddamn, man, cut, cut, cut Angela break. Put some where braids. do you have Angela, put some braids in that shit? Where or do you have Angela Bassett on the female actor actress list? Uh, she top three for show. 
and she might be number one. I'm, I'm, I listen. I, I understand y'all with your Julia Roberts, okay? Yeah. Whoever y'all is, like Dave Chappelle said, <laughs> right. I understand y'all with your Julia Roberts and with your what's the other Charlize Theron? No, the, the older one. Um, Paul Mooney made a joke about her in uh, the Godfather comedy. Uh, Meryl Streep. Oh, Meryl Streep. He was like, uh, there's this... Meryl Streep fired up. He was like, there's this... He's like, cause he was talking about how much he hates Hollywood. <laughs> and he was like, white people are allowed to do anything in Hollywood. He was like, Cleopatra. He's like, white people, Cleopatra was black. I hate to break it to y'all. She was black. She was the queen of Egypt. Egypt is a country in Africa. That's not a village in Sweden. She was black. <laughs> That's not a village in Sweden. He was like, they're on their third white woman playing her. First it was Claude- Claudette Clover. Then it was Elizabeth Taylor. Now it's Angelina Jolie. Y'all need to let that shit go. She was black. He's like, Hollywood has lost their minds. There's this actress. She's the greatest actress to ever set foot on a stage. Uh, Meryl something. And the crowd was all like, Meryl Streep. He's like, Meryl Streep. It's great. Guess who she getting ready to play in a movie? And the crowd was like, who? He's like, guess who she getting ready to play? And the crowd was like, who? He was like, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> he said, I can't wait for the reviews. Like, but it's the, it's the truth. We get it. Meryl Streep is great. She's yeah, fire. Meryl Streep, fire. Julia dog. Roberts. Devil is, Wears Prada. Meryl Streep, Julia fire. Roberts is fire. Angela Bassett. I can think of eight different roles where Angela Bassett played it so well I'm I'm still I'm still trying to figure out how her and Lawrence Fishburne didn't win Oscars simultaneously for what's love got to do with it. Yeah. They played Ike and Tina so well that Dang when it. you see the real Ike and Tina, you almost don't even believe yeah, that's that ain't the, Ike and Tina. That ain't Ike and Tina. <laughs> that's how good they played that shit. They were that believable in them roles. And you watch Angela Bassett just through her. She played Biggie Mom to a T. Mm-hmm. Like when you see Valletta Wallace interviews. Angela Bassett nailed that shit. She has hammered so much shit in her life. So much shit. That it's unreal when you sit back and think about it. Angela Bassett, she might be number one. She might be number one. She, like, like I, I said, keep it a buck with you. Remember the whole Holly Berry run where people were like, she was the greatest actress on the planet? Well, you know, because you played a crackhead. It's like, you play a crackhead and you play like a sex symbol. It's like, oh, you're the greatest. It's that shit. I don't, you talking about on Jungle Fever? Yeah. She wasn't better than Samuel Jackson. Right, but that's the thought process. Samuel Jackson, like, he... He annihilated. He annihilated. Gator is one of the greatest characters in movie history. The, the, the white lady on Facebook was like, I have a question. Why, why, like, and she's like, I'm not trying to be racist, but why do black people not refer to him as Samuel L. Jackson? Like, you all call him, like, Samuel. And the boy in the comments was like, it's French, Samuel. <laughs> Samuel Jackson. But nobody pronounces his name no. as Samuel L. Jackson. It's definitely Samuel. That's just the funniest shit on earth. It's French. Yeah, Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> but uh, that's a good, I mean, but that brings forth a good question. Like, you know, some, all right, so some of the greatest female actresses, female actresses, that's redundant. Uh, the greatest female actors, uh, Angela Bassett, Meryl Streep. Charlize Theron is fire. Um, uh, I love Jennifer Aniston, but that's just a whole nother thing. Um, she's her comedic timing in dog. Movies. She was Michael Jackson in them mom. I'm like, what was she in? Where she had bad feet? She was. She played Mama Jackson mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Waiting to exhale. Her burning all the Wesley shit. Yeah. What else she got? She played fucking uh, Coretta Scott King. Destroyed that. How Stella got her groove back. Yeah. 
Angela might be number one, dog. Damn, she went to Yale. Never really paid attention to that. I never yeah, paid attention to that. She, she did Rosa Parks. Yeah, she's she's a different animal, yo. Like I said, she top three off rip, and she might be number one. Like, and it, it's not a stretch to get her to number one. All right, so I'm on this website, goldderby.com. Holly Berry Movies. Ten greatest films ranked from worst to best. Ten, Gothica. I've never even seen Gothica. Gothica stunk. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3. She was pretty good in John Wick 3. I kind of I tapped out after John Wick 2. I'm locked in. I'm going to see 4. Oh, you, you, uh, <laughs> I'm going to see 4. Somebody more. called uh, John... Somebody said John Wick 4 ain't nothing but Matrix 8. <laughs> But it is. Yeah, ain't nothing but Matrix Eight. I was dead. like, how the fuck is John not dead Dog. yet? Like the whole weight of the whole fucking uh, the whole Hitman community fell on this nigga three times. He's still alive. She dog. played Betty Shabazz in Malcolm X. That's what I'm saying, Yo, man. Like, like Angela, dog. Uh, so there was a movie in 2012 called Cloud Atlas with Holly Berry in it. Never seen it. She looks sexy in it though. Angela Bassett's that. first role. Are you able to get this? Let me see if you get Our this. Her first role? Mm-hmm. Had to be like 89 or 90. 90. There's no way you're going to get this. If you get this, I will literally go in there and get you $100. It's going to be in change, <laughs> but I'll get you $100. <laughs> it's going to be a big <laughs> ass. I got a big ass joint of change. I'll get you $100. 1990, Angela Bassett. No looking. I do not know. She was a stewardess on Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Holy shit. Yeah. You ever know, like, you go back and look at these famous actors in their first role, be like, TV reporter on Good Times. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole crazy shit. Here go another joint. I bet you, I know this for a fact. I know you can't get this. What was Jay Leno's first role? Um, He was, like, in some black shit. Yep. Um... Jay Leno kind of got a similar story to Jerry Seinfeld as far as getting on. It's crazy as shit because he was running around niggas. Yeah, he, him and Arsenio was like super tight. Yep. Uh, but it wasn't Arsenio that put him on. Right. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that one. Jay either. Leno's comedy buddy was Jimmy JJ Walker. The episode oh, yeah, of Good Times when JJ got VD when he goes in the clinic. He sits next to Jay Leno, and Jay Leno's like talking him through the whole VD jump. But that was Jay Leno's first role on TV was an episode of Good Times. Yeah, you told me that before. Yeah, crazy as shit. But I was watching this thing about Jerry Seinfeld. You know, his real name is Jerome. Mm -hmm. And he was running around with George Wallace and his black professor boy. And it was like when he got on stage for the first time, the black professor was there with George Wallace and Jerry Seinfeld like got on at an open mic night in like 19, I think it was either 79 or 80 or some shit like that. It was back then. But he, he got on stage open mic night and he came on the stage and the, the professor, the boy was like, Godfrey was like, he's real flamboyant, like the professor or whatever. And he was like, Jerry Seinfeld came up, so how did I do? And he was like, I mean, you weren't that funny, but you're going to be a superstar. And he was like, you got some swag, you got some pizzazz. You ain't really that funny, but you're going to be a superstar. And he was like, yeah, he was like, he told him later on in life, he was like, you never made me crack up because that just ain't you. But you a star. You know what I'm saying? And sure enough, you look up Jerry Seinfeld's worth a billion dollars. You know that uh, that clip uh, with him and Larry King is trending again. I can believe it. I can believe it. You know what? Cancel. Cancels? You know who I am? 
Last show, what is it, 16? 75 million. 75 million people, final show. Cancel? You offered me the network. Yeah. 75 Cancel? million. Yeah. In 1998, they offered him $5 million an episode. He said, can somebody from research get Larry King a resume? Yo. A resume? My resume? <laughs> Ain't nobody getting $5 million now. Angela Bassett getting 400000 We like in episode. Reparations! SVU is on their 84th season. Liv is getting uh, damn near a mil. I think it's like 920. Yeah. Like, five mil an episode in 98. That's the network like, please, nigga. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Pretty please. Please, nigga. Don't do this. I just think it's time. <laughs> no, it isn't. Being white is great. Being white is great. Being white is great. Larry David straight wrote two of the greatest sitcoms ever. Paper it up. Yep. How the fuck you come back after Seinfeld with Kirby enthusiasm? Kirby has gone off the air nine different times, oh. and it comes back better every, every time. Every <laughs> motherfucking time, dog. This shit is crazy. Like, yeah. Made some good paper. But yeah, no, I got I, Angela Bassett might be number one. Angela Bassett might be number one. Yeah, all bullshit aside, she did. It might be number one. Like, ain't even nothing really to discuss in that John for me, honestly. Like, uh, do we got anything else on this John? Oh, the Virginia football shooting. Yeah, has I'm, there any? Has there been any new? I'm not really up on it. I just know it's a black guy. He killed three people on the team. Yeah, he killed three people on the team. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Virginia, but there's just always something going on. Oh, yeah. It's it's something in the water. Virginia Tech, Virginia Beach, and now University of Virginia. It's just always something going on down there, John. Yeah, Charlottesville shit happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Virginia's a crazy fucking place. Yeah, yeah. And it's right there. You know, it's like right in that mid-Atlantic, south borderline, Mason-Dixon. It's like, it's just, it's it's a very uh, mixed up place, man. And it's like, nowhere... In America, can you experience, can you have so many different racial experiences and life experiences within, like, a 30-mile radius like you can in Virginia? Ain't that shit wild? You go this way, it's black. You go this way, it's Hispanic. You go this way, it's fucking uh, affluent white. You go this way, it's poor white. You, uh, it's, it's so many different experiences tied to all these different communities that are all, like, literally right up against each other. Mm-hmm. It's fucking nuts when you think about it. And it's, like, the true definition of, like, a commonwealth and, like, disproportionate fucking jail sentencing and shit like that. A lot of that comes out of Virginia. Like, it's a strange place. Yeah, it's very fucking weird. But, yeah, rest in peace to them young guys, man. Um, Sending your child away to college and them just not coming home, that's got to be – and that, I was telling, telling her earlier, we've gotten so desensitized to, like, murder and violence and just extreme acts of craziness that we don't even process what that probably is like for these families, for the mothers, for the – worlds are shattered. Absolutely. Like, just shattered completely. Lives have changed forever. Forever. Like, imagine your, your kid just leaving out the crib. You done did a trunk party. You done did all this. Got him down there. And did, and then it's just, you get a phone call. Like, and my homie was saying it earlier. Like, yo, I don't know what, like, he's like, and I think about that often. You know what I mean? Like, taking my son to school, taking my daughter to school. Like, what do you do when you get that call? Like, oh, there's an active shooter. The school is locked down. And, you know, we don't think about that because, you know, I don't have kids. So I don't, you know, like, right. it's just something that never really crossed my mind. But I'm just like. Yeah, like, 
Now what? Yeah. How do you not, not go to the school and go the fuck up? And remember that whole shit that happened in Texas? The parents was like, the cops was like, oh, we ain't going to school. Parents, I mean, watch the fuck out. Right. Because how the fuck you tell, oh, no, oh, oh, y'all got it? All right, cool, I'll wait right here. You know, and I, I was saying earlier, like, I'm all for freedom of speech and the, the, free, the right to bear arms and, the, you know, just the liberties that you're supposed to have in this country. But I do feel at times, like, we're, we've gotten a little too free too much when it comes to just anything. Mm-hmm. Like, just anything goes now. That shit ain't cool. Like you, your kids ain't supposed. To, I and and it's a whole lot of hoopla on what happened. What did it happen? They apparently they was on the bus or I I I don't like. And that's again now it's a whole lot of speculation. We saw a little bit the takeoff thing where it's like, oh no, this what happened. Oh no, this what happened. Oh, this. Yeah, motherfuckers freeze framing the shit and doing slow mos and reversals and all kind of shit trying to get to the bottom of it because people be looking for understanding and trying to gain you know trying to gain clarity on these um you know on these situations, man. And it's like yo. We have a gun violence problem in America, unlike anywhere else in the world. Bruh, bruh. Unlike anywhere else in the world. Even when you look at, like, London and all these other places. Yeah. And I'm talking about, it's, it's, it's countries that are at fucking war. Yes. And we're rivaling that, and we're not at war. We ain't at war. No. So, the, the shit's going to have to stop sooner or later. Indeed. Yeah. But I got nothing else, man. You want to talk about this Kanye Carside interview? What oh, car side interview? The one that when he was when he was like uh, somebody said it to you. He was like, I don't know what to make of this. Oh, oh. <laughs> how did you feel? But let me get let me because you I know you were able to because I saw it and I'm just like, is he is he tripping or is bro killing it? Yeah, I still don't know. Like yeah, I was like kind of just like like if I said it to y'all, I say yo, if Kanye was a superhero. His name would be Manic Man. Like yeah. that would be like his yeah. his manicness would be his like superpower, or whatever yeah. the case may be. And, um, you know, like Kanye always does, he speaks in, like, streams of consciousness, and he just fucking is a straight shooter, and he just lets shit fly. And this particular time, he was calling out names. It wasn't an uh, anti-Semitic rant this time. It was a, uh, you know... Was anti-rich a, nigga rant. Anti-rich nigga rant yeah. was a control rant. And yeah. basically saying, like, yeah, they, they can't control me, you know? What's wild is he said that, and I've heard nothing about it since that. Because yeah, no. you can say whatever you want about LeBron James, Beyonce, Jay-Z, yeah. all that shit. What have we been saying for months? You say whatever you want about a nigga. Yeah. I give a fuck. Yeah. Rich nigga, poor nigga, yeah. homeless nigga. Let him had good, went up there nigga and... Nigga in a castle? You let, say whatever you want about let a Let him had sat in that car and been like... Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, the 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 super rich Jewish guy? Oh, uh, 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 Ari, the guy that runs WME, the one that's like canceling his ass. Yeah, Ari, whatever the fuck his name yeah, is. Yeah, whatever the fuck his name. Let is. him had said his name. That shit would have been on Variety. Every Kanye triples down <laughs> on his hatred of the. It's just the reality. Yeah. But he literally was like. You you can't control you can control LeBron James. Yeah, you can't control me. You can control Beyonce. You control can control Jay Z. You can control Charles Barley. You can't control me. Candace Owens, I've been um I got a confession. I've been watching a lot of Candace Owens content lately. Okay. Like, I want to deep in the internet, nigga. Deep in the net. I'm trying to, you know, understand all angles to a lot of these different situations and stuff like that. And um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of, you know, quotes and things being attributed to people that they didn't say and stuff like that. And Candace Owens said, you know, I, she's like, I stand with Kanye. She's like, you know, I spoke with him. And he literally said that um, I was expecting him to be down or whatever. She was like, he said, like, I finally feel free. 
So it's like that speaks to like the intentionality that we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago with what he did, where it's like, yo, the nigga made a crazy ass, like he took a he took a crazy bet on himself. And it's like, depending upon how you look at what he got from it, you're that's how you're gonna either view if he won or lost. Depending upon what you value. You know what I mean? So it's like if you value money and the fact that he lost two billion in a day, you're gonna say he lost. Mm-hmm. But if you value freedom and getting your fucking intellectual property back and all your rights back, and you're not tethered to these companies and shit anymore, you're gonna feel like you won. Mm-hmm. So depending upon you know your your overall life ethic and what you what you believe in is gonna determine how you feel about the fuck what he did, the end result of what mm-hmm. happened. After he did the shit. It's funny you say that because Jules told me he went to a party that his homie had over there. Like one of his coworkers had a mm-hmm. party or whatever. And he was like, you know, it was like a birthday party for the girl or whatever, whatever. And they, they, but you not know, have like cake and all that shit. Yeah. And it was like the girl, they, they like, yo, make a birthday wish or whatever. And she did that. And was like, what did you wish for? And she was like, freedom. And then he was like, the room got quiet. Like what? And it was like, yeah. Cause the company she worked for got her passport. Cause she came from Africa. And he's just like, yeah, this shit is like, Modern day slavery owners. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? And it's just like, yeah, some people really are like, yo, I just want to be like left alone. Yeah. Now what? Right. Yeah. And it's like for somebody like Kanye, you know, this is me surmising. I don't know this to be true, but I would imagine that he wants to be free to create on his own terms. Like, and if you, and sometimes you got to fucking sever a fucking elite relationship in order to do so. But you know, he ain't the only, he's not the only one that's suffering from that relationship severing. They've gone up now where they're saying the Adidas, uh, fucking revenue. It went from two fifty to uh euros a year to now they saying 600 million. Mm-hmm. That's the reported number. So if that's the reported number, it's a billion. It's a yeah, real shit. It's over a billion, which is what we talked about. I'm going to play week. this. Cause this, this clip is starting to like come back out again. It ain't one black designer that make a suit jacket. It ain't one black designer that makes shoes except for Jason Mayne from Brand Jordan who's just left. It, it's, it ain't, it ain't, we, we don't got it like that. When I tell you only seven black billionaires, look at that marginalization and we feel like we happy because me and Rick Ross got a Maybach or I got a Sprint outside or a couple of us or they put a black president. Man, let me tell you something about George Bush and oil money and Obama and no money. People want to say Obama can't make these moves or he's not executing. That's because he ain't got those connections. Black people don't have the same level of connections as Jewish people. Black people don't have the same connection as, as oil people. You know we don't know nobody that got a nice house. You know we don't know nobody with paper like that we could go to when we down. You know that could just put us back or put us in a corporation. You know we ain't in a situation. Can you guarantee that your daughter could get a, a job at this radio station? But if you own this radio station, you could guarantee that. That's what I'm talking about. Like that clip has been coming, like going back around. It's like that was ten years ago when he was on yeah. the Breakfast Club, and nigga, one line, you know, like it, yeah. it, that you know, it, it's the guys on the truth, and that's kind of remember when everybody was mad at Dame Dash when yeah. he said that shit to Envy. It's the same ethic. It's the same exact shit, and you know, it's yeah. But now you see, Envy, Charla, Angela, it's all about ownership. It's all about. Oh, I need to get my radio show syndicated. The reason why Angela Yee ain't starting to start her radio show yet is because they can't figure out the syndication market shit. Mm-hmm. Because I want to come into a guaranteed amount of equity on this deal from the door, or I can just stay my ass here with these two niggas that I hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's that mm-hmm. sort of shit. You see Envy with a fucking podcast with his wife, with the car show, with uh, trying to own some shit with the real estate. I need to own some shit. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if I get on this mic and I say some shit they don't like, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. 
and niggas keep learning these hard lessons over and over and over again. And, you know, to their detriment, Kanye, Damon Dash, certain people's messaging is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. But they be speaking to God's honest truth. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle said, Kanye tweeted, about to get me some sleep. But when I get up, when I get up tomorrow, I'm going Defcon <laughs> three on the jewels, on the Jews. And he's like, you know what he did? That nigga went to sleep. He went to sleep. He said, said I, I stayed was up, up all night. night. <laughs> <laughs> I was up all night. Oh man. So yeah, it, it, it's gonna be. We're gonna have eighty five more talks about that going forward because you know it's it's gonna be an ongoing thing yeah. for the next year and a half. Let me ask you this real quick. Last question. We're gonna wrap this shit up real quick. I was talking about this shit earlier because we watched this sneaker event thing. You a sneaker nigga, I'm a sneaker nigga. What's a sneaker that everyone loves that you absolutely hate? Uh, my, my number one sneaker that, and I actually had them on the other day because it was raining. No, that doesn't count because if you got them on, it means you, you like them somewhere. No, it don't. Okay. <laughs> the Panda Dunk Lows. Oh. <laughs> I fucking hate that shoe. They have they have re-released that shoe yeah. seventy four thousand. Did you see the Joe? Um, they now have high versions of them. Yeah, the Joe. It was I seen it on I seen it on Facebook, but it was like um, uh, Nike sales for the month getting low, and then it was like Nike execs, and it was designer Panda 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 Panda. I fucking hate that shoe, man. Like it's literally it's the official shoe of everyone, dope boys, uh executives on the weekend, uh, dirty, uh, dirty, uh, dirty van wearing white girls. No, nah, we wear dirty Panda dunks now. Like mm-hmm. I fucking despise that fucking shoe. I'll give you the Panda dunk. I'll give you that the Panda dunk low. You know what mine's is? What's that? The Jordan one. Really? I, I hate them. I love it. I hate them. I got a pair of shattered backboards brand new. They just in there. I'm, I'm just never going to, I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, they were a gift. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were a gift. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like Jordan ones. Just they don't look good on my feet. I, they're not really comfortable. I'm not. I don't like Air Force ones. I don't like Jordans. I don't like. I just, oh man, you taking it to black culture right now, baby. I mean, because, <laughs> I, it's it, it's not a comfortable shoe. And yeah. the crazy part is, everybody says the forces are dumb comfortable. Dumb comfortable. Dumb comfortable. Not to me. And it's a sturdy shoe. I like sturdy shoes. It just it feels like a brick. <laughs> I wore some when I was down Miami, and I was like, "Yo, never again, man. I don't like these Jones." Yo, you you uh, Jules. He had to get his in because I, I asked him. You know what his? What, <laughs> he sent me the picture. He was like, "These Jones, shimmy." Oh. And we adding designer shoes. Throw the shimmies in there, and then also throw in the fucking Giuseppe's. Yo, listen. The African J- Jamaican Giuseppe's these them, he yo. sent the picture of the Zanatis. He was like, yo, I hated all of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was he hated the chain react too. The Versace Jones. Oh, yeah. I'm like, they kind of went off though. I like them Jones. I had a pair. I, I never wore them. I sold them. Yeah, but he was like, them be shimmies with that fucking graduation tassel. I hated <laughs> them Jones. I was like, yeah, I, I I wasn't a fan of the be shimmies at all. But yeah, Jordan ones and I, I hate all of that shit. But I'll tell you what has gone on my list, and shout out to Wick. I was te- we was talking about that shit the other day. I don't know if I'm ever wearing another pair of these Jones in my life, and it hurts me to say this. Butters. Oh yeah, no, no. bruh, I, yo, I wore them butters when we went to that fucking the home opener. Yeah. Bro, I had to soak my feet. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 
Them Jones hurt. Yeah, I don't want no smoke with no butters. I'm I cool. mean, like, no bullshit. My feet were, like, aching the next day. I was like, yo, what the fuck happened? We used to walk around. We used to do miles in butters. We used to hoop in them Jones. <laughs> <laughs> i never forget this. Shout out Mike from my hood. That nigga, we was at the park. He had on butters. He had on, like, butters in a dicky set. And nigga's like, yo, we about to hoop. He's like, I'm about to go put my ball shit on. That nigga left and came back with sweatpants and chuckers. <laughs> I was like, it's bullshit. It's chuckers. Prison ball. Prison. <laughs> that nigga was hooping in chuckers. But, yo, I'm like, yo, Butters might be the most uncomfortable shit on the planet now. Because yeah. Wick was like, yo, Butters is 230. I'm like, all of that just for your feet to be hurting tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't bought no Tims in probably four or five years. I got them because was we was at the outlet. And I was like, oh, y'all got fucking 15 wide? Yeah, yeah, let me get them Jones. Like, you know what I'm saying? I bought them. And I was just like, yo, never the fuck again, <laughs> dog. I straight gave Jules a pair of them. Like, you can have these Jones, man. These Jones is terrible. I have, I have multiple. I got two. I, got, I think I got like three of them. Like, Yo, you can have these Jones. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm not. These Jones hurt. I can't. You can work in these. Yeah, I'm about to mail these out tonight. <laughs> these Jones is terrible. Like, I can't fuck with Butters no more. But yeah, for me, it's, it's definitely the Jordan one. It's a shoe everybody loves, and I'm just like, I don't see it. Yeah, Even love- with like the super duper Jones, like the Travs and the, mm-hmm. I'm just like, they don't do it for me at all. I got a fresh pair of uh, the original Trav highs that I, um the Trav pink lo- strings. Yeah, okay. I never wore them. I just got them sitting. I had them since last, not this March, the prior March or whatever March of twenty. I got both the sixes. I don't, I don't really care for the ones though. Um, I like the way the ones, the color, the brown with the yeah, pink yeah, yeah. strings. But I, I just Trav definitely. We got to give Travis Scott his flowers for making brown like fashionable. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot of brown shoes that popped off after that. Yeah. Like the fucking they putting out an Amamier four in the next week. I think okay. Saturday, Friday or Saturday. That's brown. They oh. fucking fire. I love them Jones. Yeah, no. Like this couch. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen, like, the brown shit definitely is him all the way. Yeah. The brown, the tan, all of that shit, that's definitely his thing. The um, But, yeah, I, I got nothing else, man. Two hours, we good. I'm going. I'm getting in a bit. I'm tired. Like, seriously. I'm <laughs> about to I'm, go to the King. Give me a double cheeseburger. About to go to the King. <laughs> uh, we went to Wendy's the other day. Yo, I got the four for four the other day. No, the four for the five. You got to get the five dollar biggie bag. What's the difference? Uh, You get more shit. Oh, I just asked for the four for four. I didn't even look. Yeah, they got the $5 biggie bag. Like, more, me, more robust options. Like, you give me four, I'm going to give you four. <laughs> we out yeah, the I'm dough. Out the, I'm out the dough. You give me four, I give you four, I'm out the dough. Real shit. We left from uh, the movies. I went to Wendy's. I was like, Yo, give me a four for four. Nigga, that shit was hitting. Everything was like super duper. I was like, is Uncle Dave back that motherfucker? <laughs> that shit was super fresh. Yeah. That shit was all that. But uh, yeah, man, I got nothing else. Get your live show tickets. Subscribe to the Patreon. We'll do some Patreons probably tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Do do tomorrow. Tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening. I ain't got nothing going on. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the next Sunday, uh, the 20th, oh, yeah. Eagles Watch Live. Oh, this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday coming yeah, up. Yeah. Eagles Watch Live, hosted by TRPE. $15 general admission, $40 VIP tickets. VIP tickets include free drinks, free food, and you can hit the dad, baby. This, yes, this event is 420 friendly. We're going to have hookah, vendors, the whole nine. Make sure y'all pull up, man. Um, grab y'all tickets to that. EaglesWatchLive.com. 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 We out. Peace.